Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of December 2020. And if I sound a bit crackly in the voice, it's because the air is so dry, because all the snow has been getting up here. And in the house, of course, you have uh, your heating going, and that makes it even drier, the air is so dry. And I have to get another humidifier, no doubt about it, because they don't last long. The steamer types, I prefer them, because they can pump out the steam quite quickly, and a lot of it too. problem is, though, that the... Um, they tend to get clogged up with calciums from the water and different minerals. And they're not easy to clean, to be honest with you, once that happens. That's how they make them, because you're supposed to keep buying new ones every year. That's the idea behind them. However, it can be done with a bit of work, uh, quite a bit of work, actually. It's like, it's like chiseling off ceramics off the metal electrodes. However, that's just a triviality, isn't it, when these little things that happen to you every year. And, uh, yeah, we're, going, we're in the mouth of madness now, eh? We're, we truly are in it, because all you hear now is madness. And it's not by accident. Much of it is, is by design. Uh, the rest of it is falling in on the big plan without even realizing it. Because people are arguing and fighting with each other like never before. They don't realize these, this is all your psyops and so on. It's been on for years and years and years. And your cyber warfare is all part of it, too. Because it didn't start with COVID coming along. It didn't start with uh, getting official fact-checkers, you know, the, the true Soviet system. Because that's what, that's what you had in the Soviet Union. You had the truth once, you know. You had your Pravda and so on. The truth. Everything else was kind of banned, or you'd be in prison if you kept promulgating ideas contrary to the state's decrees. And uh, in the state's opinions or versions of how life was. And we've got the same system here. It's, it's quite amazing that we can be in the same kind of scenario. We can call one attorney when it was all going on, but when it happens in your own countries, and they even have half the population, or at least some of the population, on board with them, believing it's all real, just like they did in the Soviet Union. That's what they do. They, they count on creating an army of nodders. They call it echo chambers, who are all part of the same official statistics, etc., on whatever the topic happens to be. And and they part, just part round in circles, an echo chamber type thing. If you're outside of the echo chamber, they notice you right away, naturally, and then they come for you. First of all, they try to ban you, and that's standard stuff. And, but they also, and you, can get, you get little inklings of it too in the COVID exercises that they had, Event 201 and other ones that they had, the, the Cladex, etc., and the one in 2010 by the Rockefeller Foundation, and part of it then was lockstep, you know. So they have they have these ongoing exercises where they bring in the media, who are already sworn to be on board with it, and the social media, by the way, the big platforms, and the, your browser heads, not CEOs of browsers, everything. All these things, they're all on board with the same agenda. That's totalitarianism when you've got that, when they're all spewing the authorized uh, government spiel. You can't have that in a free society. The very fact that you, you, you've, you've been forced into this in a supposed free society means it's not real anymore. I hope you realize that. It's not real anymore at all. And they can never ever, especially in science with COVID and so on, you can never have 
the ultimate authority saying this is how it really is, is 100% accurate, because science doesn't work like that. Science has always gone over and over and over down through many, many, many years, and sometimes 50 years later, they'll give you a different version of the processes of something or the causes of something, etc., because it's all based on mainly on theories, you know, empirical evidence and testing, retesting. When they can't get that as theories, which are just uh, authorized guesses that they'll get on board with for a period of time. But it makes no difference. The fact is government is not supposed to be completely on board 100% with authorized versions or topic on anything at all. You know. It doesn't matter if it's right, wrong or whatever. It's not up to them to decide what people think in a free society. So therefore, you don't have a free society. And that's the message. This is the new system that you're already in. And it comprises all the same techniques I've mentioned before that the military has been using abroad in all the countries, in the color revolutions and the and, and their taking down of governments that weren't secular enough, as they call it, like Egypt. It's all done by the West, financing it, and the NGOs, that the employees' armies of NGOs. They're just, they're just asses, they're trained asses, and leaders are, with pension plans and the whole bit, these non-governmental organizations, and they go into the countries, they know how to organize dissidents, and they actually have that in their manual for unconventional warfare, and how it's all done, and that's put out by the military, these manuals, you know. So you're living in it, through it right now, in your own countries, and I said this would happen when the big eating machine comes back to the, to the States and Canada and the West. And then starts eating you because you've basically fulfilled your purpose pretty well. And your purpose is never given to you openly. You can figure it out, you know, bits and pieces and so on, from the proper authorities, you might say. But, uh, yeah, you, your, your purpose is almost over. And the, the last, oh, well, pretty well 100 years has been part of an agenda which has been widely published, actually, if you look into the different books put out by the agencies that are involved in them. And uh, they, they mentioned how they'd bring America up. They did, the U.S. up. It would take over from Britain, the policemen of the world, and, and then it would be strengthened after World War II for that purpose. Massive tax base, big industry at the time. And eventually, of course, once they take it into a service economy, which is giving all your industry to another country, which they did with the GATT agreements and the NAFTA agreements with, with Mexico and so on, and other Latin American countries, not just Mexico, by the way, uh, then uh, you find that your, your, all your manufacturing base is gone. You, you paid for it to go over to China and the Far East through free trade agreements, and India now, too, with the Pacific Agreement, too. And they, they lumped Indian with that. But, but so this is you're living through an agenda, and as I say, folks don't ever really, they don't really know because you adapt. In the middle of a stampede, you adapt quicker. I've mentioned it so many times. Once you, they get you running and scared and 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 unsure of everything and unsure of the future, unsure of everything, and your own safety for that matter, then you'll adapt much quicker. And the authorized pointing to where you're supposed to adapt to. And most folk are already doing it and out of fear, basically. You cannot have, in the one year, you can't have it. You can't have a pandemic breaking out across the world. You can't have the uniform 
response to it across the world. They're all in lockstep with, with each other and the same parts of the agenda at the same time. You can't have the lockdown and the eradication of most of what's left of your service economy and your restaurants and your small stores and so on. That's what a service economy is. You don't make anything anymore. You import things, but you, you, you sell them within your own country. That's what you paid to, to do through your taxes for years without even noticing. Most of what adapted even through that. Even the folk who were laid off from factories, as they, as they took the factories literally from away from under your feet. They pulled them away through agreements. All your politicians were on board with it. All parties were on board with it across the world. And you saw the outcome. All the tax base that used to go from all parts of manufacturing, from raw material up to the finished products, were all taxed in stages. That's all gone. And it had to be uh, filled by increasing taxes on consumer goods at home and in income taxes. So you fill the big gap. Tax to death, and it's just quite astonishing to really notice the <laughs> how folk never really figure out what system they're actually in, especially during transitions. As I say, this is the, the century for transition. This is the great change century, where all this a lot of it has to be accomplished that way, step by step, all the way up in segments up until up until the end of the century. You see. And we're living through it. So we're 20 years in, almost 21 years into it or so. And they've accomplished quite a bit already. And then they give you in the same year, they give you a coronavirus, a lockdown, eradication of our economy, mass, uh, would appear to the public from their perspective, be a, a communist uprisings across U.S. states and across the world, actually under different guises, but well-funded, well-organized, well-trained leaders across the world. And all of that smacks, obviously, of the big global intelligence agency, obviously, because no country stopped it. No country went ahead and said, that's it. And go, no, no, in fact, they allowed it to happen and even kept people from counter-protests from happening against it all. And you watch the cities burn inside the states, etc., you had admissions from some of the leaders of the money they got from certain foundations to do it. They, mentioned, they also mentioned that they were communists and trained Marxists. And you also had it from some of the, I think Kamala Harris and Pelosi mentioned it too, that, that, that these riots wouldn't stop after the elections either, regardless of who would get in. And sure enough, they're continuing. Because now you're being trained for the breakup into a different kind of U.S. A socialized system, which of course is the Great Reset too. So for sustainability, as they call it, it's many many names for the same thing. That's why you, when it all smells the same thing, same, you know it is the same, and you know they're all connected. All these piles of do are all connected to each other. They're all actually from the same pile, really, and they're meant to obfuscate the whole uh, what it actually is by pretending they're different segments of it. But it's all the same thing. A whole new way of living, which is not really living, it's an existing system. You would exist in it, and authorities will decide how much you eat, what you eat, if you eat at all, and why they should allow you to even eat, because you all have to have a value for the system you're now in, true socialist 
technocratic system. I've gone over it so many times over many, many, many years, and I said all this would happen years ago. Everything is happening now, it's happening. Because they, they give you lots of clues and, and little leaks here and there, and they even publish books about it. And, and every year you watch them going off to Davos and you, you have their World Economic Forum, because it, it isn't just that they all gathered there for a meeting. Davos is actually a massive bureaucracy that's permanent there. They, they, they take future world leaders. They have the, a whole system throughout the world, a network, where they, they, they get the right ones at school, just like the CIA. You see, it's all connected. And high school, you pick them, and then you send them off to get for, for their training. And then you put them in positions of power eventually. You train future leaders. They have different another branch of it in the U.S., common purpose, which literally is all through government, all through the military, all through the police force, and so on, and higher, higher echelons of them all. And really, uh, under any other system, if it wasn't authorized, then they would be all guilty of all kinds of things, subversion, treason, and so on, that they're not getting charged, because that is the system. Those who own the system own all of this that you're seeing today. And I said that when 9-11 happened, hang on to your sanity, because because it would be the hardest thing to hold on to, because they had a whole list of stuff they wanted to do to change society. And you're going through it all. Right down to your perceptions of who you are or what you are. That's all, all been challenged. And by force and law, you're ordered to accept it all, even though it makes no sense to you. And you all know, you all know what the different topics I'm talking about. It's not a matter of live and let live. No, it's just that you must all accept this as true and real and so on. Or else, well, that's what you had in the Soviet system. This is, this is where they tried all this kind of mind-altering propaganda and techniques out, was the Soviet system. That's why you have, and you'll see it in the lives of others, you'll see it in exposés on the Soviet system, and good documentaries too, how they try different techniques on the public. You'll see it in, on the psychiatric hospitals that flourished in the Soviet system because they didn't. It's the same in the West now. You don't need trials to see if you're diagnosed as mentally ill. So you don't get your day in court. It bypasses that. No one hears you or your point of view. That's what they did also with the Unabomber. Quite an amazing story that came out from from Germany. The, the, the documentary they did on the Unabomber too and how they bypassed any court hearings where he could voice what he was saying, why he was doing it, and so on. And um, it's quite interesting, even that, you see, because he's been labeled a madman, a crazy person, even though he was a professor member at a high university, and he knew the main characters he was after, who did actually, actually worked with him, recruited him. And even experimented on them in different techniques. And he said what they were bringing in was a hell on earth, you know, of literally mind-altering systems. That's what it was all about. And that was so. So he's a bad guy. Says the authority. See the authorities. However, you've been watching so-called demonstrations for a good part of the year in the states and different parts of the world, all connected, all coordinated with burning down of, of, of buildings, streets, businesses, people getting attacked. And, but they're okay. They're, 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 pro, they're protesting. But the unit bomber's a bad guy. Do you understand? It's, it's like basic philosophy. You've got to have consistency and logic. 
If there's inconsistency, well, they can do it, the same things, and they're good. And these ones, are, they, they can do it, but they're bad. That, that's not philosophy, you see. That's, that's someone's agenda. And then you have to, all you have to do is figure out whose agenda is and why it's backed, you see. And it's always to suit. It's like a book I read years ago, but the big, big changes in the world was always, they always the changes always came out. It doesn't matter what it was, if it's a reset or a devaluation of your currency or the crash of 2007 and eight, which was brought on and planned way in advance, you know, by the, the big bankers. And it's always to suit the big bankers and the wealthiest folk on the planet. All things are, including the wars. Ultimately, it's, it's always to do with, uh, they're, they're massive businesses, but they're also like a brotherhood. You know, they work together naturally for their own benefit. And that is uh, the problem with, with anything that, that humanity does. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's a government or a, or a league of governments or a league of bankers or whatever, you'll always end up with the same problem. They look after themselves and their own interests. Even though they might have minor competition as to who gets contracts and things, just like the COVID vaccine companies all competing, supposedly. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. It doesn't matter if theirs gets used because they all get millions and something's billions of dollars thrown at them by our tax money. So technically they can't lose, even if no one gets it, for instance. It's been paid for by the government. And so, yeah, that they'll all have a com- competition once in a while and appear to be enemies, but on the whole, for the rest of the, the year in between the vaccinations and, and vying for contracts, they're a big brotherhood, a big consortium. They, they get together and plan things. A cartel. And our whole system stinks of cartels. And then the cartels, all, uh, not just are connected with each other and their own industries, so they also start to branch out and into politics and everything else. And that's what lobbying is. Lobbying is a, just an utterly corrupt pile of you-know-what. Because it's, uh, if you did what they did uh, with insider trading, and you're not allowed to do insider trading, although the U.S. Uh, Congress is, you know, because they passed a law a few years ago to allow themselves to do it. So you'd be charged for the same thing, but they're not charged. But the main point is, you can't have all these things happening in the one year. And and then you saw the elections. Every newspaper that belongs to the same world cartel, they all do. They all do, same with the banks and the cartel. They're all on board together because they're instrumental in media. Always, always have been for formulating unified opinion. You can't have contrary opinions in a free society. You might actually want more freedom. So they give you standardized, authorized opinion, you see. And that's why they're on board with it. I gave these talks in the late 1900s, you know, but 1998, 99. And we're living through it again. It's just never changes because it's the same agenda by the same folks and the same organizations that planned this a long, long time ago. But most folk never, they get caught up in the emotion of today, you see, and they can't reflect back. So wait a minute here, this can't all be happening in the same year. Something bigger is going on. Of course something's bigger is going on. Of course it is. 
They've been telling that for years. We can't go on like this. We've been having all these meetings for years. We changed from basic eugenics and superior and inferior types. And, and the Superman, you know, uh, of George Bernard Shaw, you know, man and Superman. And you always blame the Nazis. It was, he was long before the Nazis. He came out with all this stuff. And he said, you know, he said the person of the future will, will have to adapt into technology and be useful in technology and know how to take things apart and put them together. And, this. and he said uh, that, that those who couldn't adapt would have to, should be eliminated you know, quite casually. This is a good socialist, of course, because socialists believe in efficiency. They never achieve it, just the opposite, in fact. But they always prattle about it to get followers, to get into power. And I've watched this game my whole life long with socialism and, and capitalism and a right wing, left wing. Britain was a great example. Britain was one of the best examples, actually, because Britain went into World War II with a great propaganda spiel for the public to get them on board with war. You've, got, you've always got to get them on board by kind of like COVID, only they used Germany. They said, you're all going to get gassed in Britain, and then, and then you'll, get, you'll get sterilized if the Nazis come in and take over. You see? Big, massive propaganda blitz. Well, that would get anybody kind of scared. And, oh, they can't do that. Oh, well, you know, you could always go to war with them. Okay, then. And away you went. It's quite simple. Terrified the public first. The, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, according to Carl Quigley, who had their record, he has access to their archives, their, their private histories of how they were involved in everything and made things happen. And, yeah, they did that. And they got the big moguls of, of the media in Britain, who all met at the same clubs, mainly in London, and they got together and decided, you know, this war might not, that we're planning might not take off. If it can't get public support, so they they, sat, they decided to put a propaganda blitz on the public to terrify them with guys digging in the trenches in the streets of London, just like they're putting up trent, the big tents for the last year, this whole year here. Oh, for COVID, there's number, never anybody in them. That doesn't matter. It's the same technique of terrifying passers-by. Oh my, look, they're, they're digging trenches because, because we're all going to get gassed by Germany. That was never going to happen, you know. They knew that. And then to, 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 to intensify the belief that they're all going to get gassed, they gave everybody uh, gas masks. Everybody had to carry these gas masks with them in a satchel or get fined. Or today it's a mask. You wear a mask, you see. Same thing, you have it on or get fined or whatever. Same thing, folks. Same techniques. And it works awfully well, and you'll blame whoever you think is the cause of this, and you go and fight it. Oh yeah, they're fighting the COVID, just like they fought the Nazis, and by wearing masks, you see, etc., uh, etc. Et it doesn't have much to do with reality at all. But again, that came out of the actual meetings that they had in Britain with the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the groups that ran it for, for Milner, that they took over and so on. And, um, and they've never let it go since then, of course. But they get on board together with the same agenda, what we tell the public, what we do with them, how can we manipulate the public, and away it goes, you see. So Britain went into World War II to fight national socialism, and it came out of World War II as a national socialist country. And Labour was in. And immediately you had wages being frozen, you had 
power cuts because because you're going to conserve. Whenever the left gets in, the technocrats, if they took over the Sahara, there'd be a sudden shortage of sand. You know, if they needed to start building it to make cement, because that's a trick they always use. So everything goes up and up, prices go up. Although they said there were wages and price freezes. And then they nationalise everything. Now, all the, the companies that owned rail industries were private, you see. So they nationalise it. Now, they're falling apart through years of misuse and no money getting put into them and so on. And so the government then, being Labour, under Harold Wilson, later on eventually, started throwing the money into the rail industry and different, um, and, and into anything to do with energy. At that time, it was gas and coal gas mainly they used in the British counties. Every area had these massive, massive tanks for coal gas. And so they, they, they fix everything up. They put new pipes in for the gas and so on. They put new tanks in. Uh, they fix the roads. Um, Taxpayer funded. They go in and anything to do with, with uh, the, the superstructure of the, the nation, basically, they fix it up and pump the money into it. And the railroads, the same thing too. Let's get new trains, let's get new tracks, and they got diesel and all that kind of. And then, of course, you you have a few years of it on the go. Then you say, you know, we can't have that. There's too many folk getting put on the board. That's what you do with retirees as a climb the ladder because everything's corrupt. And you put them into the on the board until you got hundreds of people on the board at the top. They never have to attend anything. They just put on it for extra cash. The good old boy type thing. They do the same thing in post offices too. Anything, anything the government runs and owns, they do this all the time. Or, or even air companies too. So eventually, of course, they have too many chiefs and had to get big paid fat salaries, big fat ones, and bonuses and stuff for sitting there chuckling at how great their life has been. And the taxpayer funding and all. And eventually, we can't cope with this, so they privatise it again. So, so the guys, the, the right guys, the authorised guys, <laughs> come in and pretend to put bids in. And uh, as all bids tell you, that the one who is the lowest bid for to buy everything or do anything or even fix something or build something won't necessarily be the ones who get the contracts. That's your, that's them letting you know. It's all predetermined who's going to get what. <laughs> and so the big boys come in and and they buy over everything again and they buy over the energy supply companies and they buy over... The railroad companies, all brand new, sparkling new, everything uh, for peanuts. And the taxpayers already paid for all, and they're on the hook for mortgages almost, mortgages for, the, for this kind of stuff. It's never really fully paid up, eh? It's all put in your tab. But the big companies and private, public private partnerships get it all pretty well almost for nothing. And the public are left paying the tabs and the maintenance. And that's the beauty of public-private partnerships, which is a good way of saying it's a collectivist socialist system. That's why all royalty is on board with it, by the way. Population control, reduction of population, excess people, that's standard socialism. And uh, and government running every aspect of your life, right down to if you can, can you breed or not, if they're going to allow you and give you permission to do it. Just like China, for so long with this one-child policies and so on. And forced abortions. And they get the West even clapping. Well, you know, there's maybe too many of those Chinese, you know. And they, they don't realize, no, you've already signed deals with China and your own countries to depopulate. That, these are all part of international agreements. They're all on board with it. And they're seeing you the same way. 
Why would why would you? Okay, okay, I keep giving that little little puzzle. Why would you in a country like say Britain? And because Britain is a good example. After World War Two, you you've already have lots of guys coming home from the war. Industries being built up during the war for munitions. Same in Canada, actually. The UN even touted Canada as being one of the most successful industrial nations after World War II because of the massive money being pumped into building, uh, manufacturing, uh, things for the war, you know. And then they would sell off the manufacturing plants, but they could then manufacture other things. So Canada was, was rated as one of the, the most successful and the more, most likely to succeed in the world. If they left it alone, that would have happened, you see. But anyway, yeah, you end up in socialism where everything is regulated. Uh, and that's why people in communism in, in Russia uh, had their little outbursts occasionally in the, the, the Soviet bloc countries that have retaliations and rebellions because they were, they were sick of this gloom and doom aspect and too many chiefs, again, these technocrats running their lives. These, these Politburo types, you know, the apparatchiks, etc., running your lives in the public. Every, because you had literally had inspectors for everything. And and I, and being living in Britain, you know, in my time, it was very socialist. Indeed, you had power cuts. They always did that. Brownouts, conserve energy. Increase the taxation of the public. According to Karl Marx, that's what you do, you see. And gradually increasing income tax in the in Carol's manifesto, and uh, and they even put up uh, documentaries. You can see them yet, or maybe if they're still up there. I don't know if they are on YouTube or anything. I got a set of disc once with a lot of these public um, documentaries that Britain churned out like a machine, showing you in little simplistic, childish form. Very Soviet, actually, because that's how they put across in the Soviet Union. It's like they're talking to children. And of, they, here's, your, here's your pound note, your, your currency. And here's a chunk of this going to this to pay off that debt. And, and this other chunk goes to pay off that, this other debt for, for that munitions industry, for the war and the aircraft industry and the yada, yada, yada. And the interest to, to the bank loans to the U.S. Because... That's who really won the war, more reason one, one of the big banks in the U.S. at the end of it. So, you're living through a socialist agenda. They make it happen, what they want to happen. And then they come forward and offer you the, the way out, which again is deeper into their more perfected system, of the same system of socialism. Folk never really figured it out. And that's why, as I say, no one stopped the, the massive armies of non-governmental organizations that were men- mentioned as far back as the 1950s with the Rees Commission, as I mentioned in the States, the inquiry into the tax-free, uh, tax-exempt foundations. Seemed, these are the richest families that ran these foundations who owned them. And yes, it was a tax loophole for them, but it was also uh, an investment program. They could invest their money under the guise of charity, understand. They could invest trillions if they want to, and also pay. This is the beauty of it, too. You can pay any of your staff as much as you want. There's no law against what you want to pay them for charity. 
but they, they literally fund, they fund thousands of non-governmental organizations and every across the entire planet. They train the leaders, they work, they also get massive funding from your tax money from your governments. Well, we're over there to help third world countries, you know, says USAID, etc. And the people in the USA do eventually, they start off as students from universities, then, but they all want to get into the foreign office, you see, foreign departments, or the state departments, career building. But in the meantime, they, they help, you know, alter the nations that they go into. They always go into the guises to make them American friendly, to say, as, they, as you just unload all your charitable goods. On them, which are often donated by the general public too, but definitely bought by them. And, and then again too, uh, you, you see them if need be. But when you overthrow this government, let, let's try and, and get our students that in USAID and all, all the other companies and organisations. Let's get them over to this country over there, because we want to topple them. And let's get them in, to to work with the university students to to to, to organise. Then you have marches, and, and then you have the standard CIA operation, where they here you'll see, and they have the media on board with it naturally, and so and so will be marching, the students marching for rights, going through another like Iran, for instance, Tehran, and then someone always shoots some from from a rooftop somewhere, and they always see his government snipers, which isn't to get massive more sympathy by the public. And if need be, if they really have to think they can invade the country, they'll then use that, that base to overthrow within, and they'll also do the external invasion coming in from outside. And that's, that's is standard stuff. Standard stuff. There's a good documentary years ago put out, for instance, about the, the CIA's early involvement in Africa, they were all over the world, overthrowing governments, just toppling them. And of course, the idea when you topple them is never to have folk, at least the media, mention who, who did it. You always throw it off and blame somebody else. Or this, this upstart was wanting to take over in this little country, and, and, uh, and this other person who, who represented this faction overthrew them. No, it's the CIA behind it. That's what you do. You fund them and train them. and Old stuff, all through Latin America, too. Bernays did it. Ed Bernays, as you know, who worked with quite a few different um, presidents and governments in the U.S. And his one of his biggest clients for public for public relations, meaning uh, advertising and so on, and was a huge, huge company, American fruit company, and he uh, in, in Latin America and. And eventually, the, the, the country was so poor, because uh, they were ruled by external forces, and mainly based in the U.S. <laughs> they were so poor, they wanted, they wanted someone of their own as president, so they elected a guy who immediately wanted to, to again, have more money from their labor and their work and their land and their orchards and their, to go to the people themselves. And that was just not on with Bernays. And the companies that he represented, so he he formed a film organized like like kind of like Path News that were shown in the movie houses before TV, 
be. He, he formed a company and they churned out these videos that they purport to be news, you see, of how bad it was in different Latin American countries, especially this country, and how they were definitely going communist and yada, 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 and horrible, how horrible it was uh, to get public opinion built up in preparation for invading them. And then he did get the U.S. with an agreement with the president at the time to invade the country, to overthrew the, the, the leader and installed the old regime again. And the American Fruit Company was was all back to happiness and high profits and and so on. And a good documentary they made years ago, but it even showed you Richard Nixon, who was against the communists down there too. And they even set up, by the CIA, they set up a, a fake altar in this, uh, the ex-president, the one they overthrew in his home and in, in, in the Presidio, basically, the, their own palace, if you like, or house, an altar dedicated to communism. It was all set up just for the, for the media, again, with Bernays. Just quite amazing propaganda. Must be true, you know, it was in a movie house. and Today it's must be true, it's on TV. Just too, it's too simple, too easy, isn't it? And yet these are these are the mid-level deceptions that you see. Most folk today are tie, completely tied up, arguing with each other. Back in the, in the 90s, when they talked about the coming challenge to the authorised spiel on things, basically, the, the authorities in the States, Hillary Clinton was prattling about big time when she was in charge of one department, and Hillary was all... And angst, basically, with the media, the coming media. And they knew from all the reports by, again, NSA and CIA and so on, that this coming information warfare that would go on would have to be countered and the official versions would have to be, you know, bolstered, basically. They talked about that they knew, too. And all the, all the big newspaper media knew, all paper media knew, that they would lose control eventually unless you got on board and how they're going to get folk on a media platform to look at their particular news sites if they're just giving out the authorised spiel by governments. And so they planned all the different techniques to try to make people still go into news sites when they put them into the digital realm before all, before it all really happened, eh? And how they would keep them on it. And again, you, you find maybe more and more raunchy stories, sex stories, celebrity stories, yada, yada. But they also would need government funding to get propped up because they're official organs of the state. All discussed many years ago. Yeah. And they didn't just discuss things at meetings, just like the Davos meeting or the Bilderberg. They actually implement plans, you see. They don't go for, it's not a hobby thing. Yeah. And it's not somewhere they go and just let off steam like a safety valve. No, they actually are part of the, the controlling systems. They all work together under one system. It is all one at the top. And those in the higher realms of it can change from, and be, you know, it's like CEO of one area one day and CEO of another the next. Again, no problem at all with that. They're not competing. They're part of the one big system. So they talked about how they would keep control and they'd have to probably put public money into supporting the news media companies, the big ones, to keep them going. And that's been happening ever since, as you well know. And the legions of these companies will always 
because they're all bought and paid for, right? Will always be on the side of government agendas, meaning that the CIA. <laughs> because do you really think that what you've seen for governments is run by the governments that you see? Do you, do you really think that? Really? Huh? Do you really, really think that? You've been run by secret governments your entire lives, really, behind the scenes. You have front people who are given a little bit of authority within a very small scope, actually, on how to operate and how to appear to the public. The presidents and prime ministers have all had their speechwriters. They write everything for them. I've said so many times, why not just do away with presidents and prime ministers and then just elect the best speechwriters since they write it all up for them to say anyway, you know, a lot cheaper. And that's pretty well what you've got anyway, really, you know. Then you got the NSA behind the things, and you got the CIA behind things, and and they they are not just a parallel government. Remember that there were books about this many years ago. Even when the CIA first set up, they came out with different public. This is, this is a dangerous precedent, and who will be in charge of those people who are in charge? And so all these different art, and they published these things in magazines at the time. They knew it'd run away with them, and it did. It was intended to. Because you're living in a planned future. That's the whole point of it all. And it went down from eugenics and too many people, even after World War II, when there's no problem, there's too many people, the wars didn't kill enough off, to how do we force or, or, or convince the people to have less children? And right down to, again, back to force. Let's force, well, let's, let's put under sustainability. That would be a better way of, of talking about it rather than we want just to kill a bunch of you, you off because you're, just, you're surplus, you know. Back to man and Superman. And there's too many of surplus people. We don't need them for efficiency's sake. Huh? And that's how you do it. Just like Prince Philip said in his, one of his speeches in Switzerland at the time. Or was a Sierra Club, or which one it was at the time? Because he's, he's, he's the head of a whole bunch of them where he was. Charles has taken them over, and some of the other ones, is a member of family, members of the family too. And he, he said, well, you know, after all, he said, after all, we have, we know, we know, we have, we have, we have all this land, Jules, we, we big landowners. And sometimes, sometimes we find that there's too many deer. Uh, moving into an area, uh, and that, that takes the fodder away from other little animals as well. And so we, we must do something. We have a, we have a call, you see. And, and uh, you know, looking at the world today, some, there's an awful lot of uh, excess people about. So, and and you see, that's that's what does it. Eh? That's what does it. These characters are completely on board with just getting rid of too many of you. Get, get rid of you. H.G. Wells said it. The World War I didn't kill enough people, and they didn't give up their sovereignty to go into a world state, a socialist-type system, on behalf of the elite. So he said, we need another war. He said the same thing at the end of World War II as well, before he died. He was an awfully good employee, you know. Well paid for it, too. A bit neurotic, mind you, but he was well paid for. And... Um, and he had a lot of help. He didn't just sit there and write his little stories and embed the, the, the correct kind of propaganda by himself. The same as he didn't just write the, the non-fiction stories and books by himself. They all belonged to the same organizations and the Fabian societies and so on. And 
and eventually he pretended he fell out with the Fabian Society and became a higher member, a propagandist, which he already was, actually, in hiding. I call it an, 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 a propagandist in hiding for the Royal Institute for International Affairs. The public's always been the enemy of them. They use you for their wars, your cannon fodder. They make money off it, too. Uh, you pay off the their, their loans that, that the governments take on you through your taxes. But there's, there's too many of you, and it's time to do something about it. Charles Galton Darwin, who was a member of the Manhattan Project for the atomic bomb, he, he, a eugenicist, you know, a scientist and a physicist and a eugenicist, well suited for making the atomic bomb. I mean, he really believed in doing it properly. And in his book, The Next Million Years, he didn't mince around about it. He, he went straight to the point. That's what the whole book was about. And when you have the old book with the cover on it, too, the old cover to the hardback, the, the ones that generally fall apart, the leaflet-type cover, you'll see the congratulations from all the top news papers of his day and the magazines congratulating him for coming out and being brave and saying all and all that. And all through the book, he's talking about too many people and ways to, to sterilize them and take them down and too many of them. That shows you how, how the establishment of Britain was at the end after, even right early through the 1950s when the book was written. And uh, that was your thank you for all the guys that, that died to fight uh, a war, you see, to, to keep Britain free uh, or something like that. And to keep their culture and their way of life and everything that was dear to them and only come back and watch it being given away by the same governments that, that supposedly represented them. They never figured it out. Same thing happened in the States, you know, every other country. You all get used and abused. All Commonwealth countries did, Australia and New Zealand and so on. And you never figure it out. You still go right back to the same thing again, over and over and over. <laughs> Just the right word is given to you to make you proud, you know. And away you go and do it again. Never learn. And then you, you watch them, as I say, use your own countries as an example to the world uh, of having fewer children and being good citizens. The Western world's awfully good at it. And you, you, sure enough, they had all these different books churned out of, of statistics, statistics. That's you're getting social statistics. Eh? And, uh, and then they show you that, that, that most folk now, if they're married ones, will only have maybe one or two children. I remember two as replacement, man and woman, you know, and two children. That's replacement level. One child is, you're, don't, you're halving it, eh? <laughs> the replacement level. So you're all good citizens. But then in the 60s and even the late 50s, actually in the 50s and 60s, they just opened the door to mass migration. And the citizens are shaking their heads and saying, what's going on? It's not of work for the folk here. It was not, nothing to do with it. It, it was a world agenda. How are you going to point to your own country to participate in literally voluntary or involuntary sterilization down the road, if need be, for sustainability in the planet? If you're coping well with your population level, can't have that. So you've got to appear as overpopulated as every other country. See, this is a world agenda. China agreed to the same agreements with, with Britain and, and the States and Canada. If you read the speeches, most folk don't given out by the presidents of China. 
they talk about that, that they're holding the West to the agreements for population control, for reduction. <laughs> it's, uh, but there you go. And then they make it the most favored nation trading status, you know, for China. So they can they can get away with paying uh, no import duties when they push your stuff through your, your borders and to sell. Great deal, that. 15 years, and then another 15 years if you say you, you haven't made up your money. All the companies that you paid to transport over to China, uh, literally, sometimes entire factories retooling them over in China and, and machinery, you know, shipped over to China by private companies. By the agreements, under the free trade agreements, with China and the GATT Treaty and so on. And we paid for all. So you lost all the jobs. You paid for all their shipping over there. They got 15 years free of no tax paid on anything that they sold. And if they said they didn't make, make enough profit after the move, they could apply for another 15 years. It's 30 years free, no taxes. And then they can, under, this, under the special agreements with China, they can ship all the products to you over in the West and sell it for high prices, but massive profits because they're using cheap, cheap, cheap labor. And you all buy it, you're all happy to get cheap things, you see. You ever wonder why when things come in from, if you order them, you know, from China directly, it's so cheap? Huh? Because, see, your taxpayers here are paying for it under the agreements. Because they're still classed as an emerging nation. That's probably the most, the same with, China, with India right now, eh? So you finance them through your, your tax money. You finance businesses to come up and, and arise in their countries. You plan some of the hospital building and education. And through these talks, years ago, from their own articles at the CFR, and who helped draft up, actually they admitted that they did draft up these agreements themselves. In 2005, they admitted to that on television Canada. They drafted up the organization that became the European Union that everybody signed on to eventually, but they'd already planned it long before that from 1948, and they said that to be kept secret from the public, that they were going to amalgamate the nations into, into a singular government. That was the plan of it. That's all been exposed now and declassified now, you see, but not at the time. You, you live in, a, in the myths from a big myth-making machine promulgated by the talking heads that you've, you've been trained to believe. And they keep you living in a la-la lands, a fantasy, really. And definitely false paradigms. Oh, well, definitely false reasons. Just like the COVID. Yeah? You all live through it. Don't forget it. I mean, it's not, it's only been supposedly a year so far. Yeah? Broke out last November in China. We're told that they thought it was earlier than that now, and yada, yada, yada. But you've had a year of it, and you, you all heard the same stuff initially with Fauci. Well, and probably Americans won't even notice it, and they won't need any precautions or masks. And, and then, of course, they get together. Oh, 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 we've got a big agenda here on the go, really, and let's change our opinion. And you must wear masks, and you, you, you must get locked down. And then you have the reset from the Davos Group of how they must reset the value of your currencies and basically half it to what it was already. It was, it was down 40% with the last reset, and that was 2007 and eight. you know. So they, they, then they, they, they should be a purchasing power, so you need more, more dollars to get the same amount of things. 
And now you must do the same thing again until eventually your dollar or currency becomes like the peso or whatever. You take so many thousands for a cup of coffee. And that's this devaluation of currency. It's not a big, but it's also to do with the management system. It's not, you understand they could keep the old system going for as long as they wanted since they print the money out of nothing anyway. And if they, and again, the same magicians that they surround the Federal Reserve in the States, as an example, decide what the value of the currencies, like the purchasing power is going to be. And since it's been based on nothing for goodness knows how long, they could have kept it at the same level for as long as they wanted to, really. Sure they could. But now, this, the change now is to make you go into sustainability by bringing it into austerity, the same talks I gave many, many years ago. Huh? And then mass vaccinations, which I gave back in the 90s, eh? And then early 2000s. You're living through an agenda. And, and the COVID thing, don't don't forget it. Oh, it's, it's only be a few weeks to look. There may be a week or two, you know, as they talk to the children. And all the talking heads in the media, it's only for a couple of What's your problem? And it will save lives, you see. No evidence to end, they tell you, but it, it doesn't matter. Authority just makes it up as it goes along. But the but then of course they oh another few weeks. Oh well another and so they lock you up until the summer and then they give you a few weeks off. Like I said they would back in fret. I said I'll give you a few weeks off in the summer to break the tension. And then they had to because they had they planned the riots in the States and so on. All organized. They're not just in the States, but all organized way before that, you know, obviously. In Britain, for goodness sake, for things that happened in America. No, no, it's all planned that way. And uh, and then, so, so you had the, the folk protesting, you know, they didn't bother with the masks, or, or if they did, even if they didn't, they, were, they, were, they weren't born about social distancing and so on. And that was okay, because the virus is very accommodating, as I've mentioned before. And it realizes that you, it's got to allow justice to continue and fairness, you see. And there's certain folk that, that the virus knows are just bad people, should be wearing masks. And other people are, are good folk that are just out for social justice that, that don't really have to wear the masks and things like that. Apart from that, you know, I mean, with all the fireworks that go on and burning buildings, the masks might go up on fire as well. You wouldn't want that. So you're living through a farce, a planned farce. Otherwise, again, through philosophy and logic, would, the same things would apply to all peoples under all the same circumstances. You can't have people who are impervious to the laws uh, and then as you subjugate others uh, to, to the laws that really tie them down. Hmm? Can't do it. But they're doing it. And of course you've noticed, it's, it's no surprise, they've, re- they've really been going after the Christian churches and the Christians groups and so on, really big time. They're easy targets, they're decent people, you see. And uh, they won't fight back, hey? They won't fight back. And uh, they keep finding them, and the cops are quite happy to do it because they know they're quite safe persecuting Christians. No one's going to harm the cops, you see. But uh, but there you go. The same cops might do. They went through the riots in the states and different places, and and watched the uh, businesses getting burned down. Black businesses do getting burned down, as well as white, and called them protests. Eh? But uh, well, there you go. You know. The virus. This is an intelligent virus. Very intelligent. It knows too not not to go after, not to annoy rich people. This virus, it, it won't annoy them, and it will help them. You see, 
it knows that its masters want to close down and eradicate all small businesses, which has been awfully good at with COVID, and the government telling them you can't earn money anymore. But they allow the big, big, massive chains see, to supply all the basic needs, basic, remember, like food. What an intelligent virus. So you, yeah, if you went into a little store somewhere, or even an open-air place, you, to get vegetables, you might spread that virus. The virus just knows, oh, it's not happy, it's going to go berserk and, and contaminate people. But in a big, big, massive store with lots of people in it, uh, with the proper names, these proper store names, you know, it won't do that. That's intelligent. That's a really intelligent virus, isn't it? This shows you how they can cram such an intelligence into such a tiny, tiny microscopic thing. Even sub-microscopic in some cases, uh, the size this thing's supposed to be. But there you go. Eh? This shows you. And it also knows, it knows that it's allowed to go after you. It must be the rules. I guess someone must have decided the rules for this virus. Maybe they had a negotiation like they had with aliens, eh? <laughs> And said, you know, people have to eat. And a lot of folk eat out, especially in America. And we have to teach them, again, to go back into austerity and give them basic things like how to boil an egg, if we can even, if we'll even allow them to get protein down the road. We don't really want that, right? We want to go into a proteinless world, you see, like we had before the Industrial Revolution. You start to get the picture, they keep telling you they want you to bring it like the, 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 the groups at uh, Sustainability, the Club of Rome, all, all these different, same groups all connected together, you see, climate change, too many people, that was the excuse you know, for sustainability. They want you to take it into a pre-industrial age. Well, yeah, what, what, what you'd, when do you think that'll be going back to? Huh? Well, it'll be before electricity. It'll be before, probably before the steam engine. Most folk were stunted in their... I gave the talks again back in the 90s on WWCR. And I mentioned that. So that's where the idea of the little people came. That was the big joke of the elite. That's been copied by someone else who copied my bio. <laughs> but anyway, they joked about they called them the little people. And the little people were little because they often never hit five feet, by the way. Because they never had meat in their lifetime, or very, very seldom. If they were caught even poaching a rabbit on a lord's land, they could be hung and eventually, or deported to Australia. Not kidding you. And so they mainly vegetables and barleys and so on, grain, eh? That's the little people. The peasantry, the nobility on all countries were like giants to them. Tall. Look at Henry VIII, over six feet, eh? And huge, huge build, skeletal system. High-protein diet, descended from a peoples of nobility who had high-protein diets and meat. Who would scoff eating vegetables, in fact. And that was, but that's how they did it, folks. So you're going to go back to a pre-industrial... You're starting to get some little ideas how it's going to work out here, huh? And, and there's, there's your, your, the Davos group, and then there's the, the different climate change accord groups and so on that all attend the meetings every year at the Paris Agreement. 
the conference of parties, they call it, the cops, and they and they uh, they decide about how you're going to live in the future, which is is to go down the hill, step by step, big giant leaps now, and to eradicate energies, electricity, or to really reduce it. Your smart meters, you've got, you'll get it rationing, and you're going to be cut off automatically by our smart meter. Nobody complained to, well, well, it's not, I'm sorry, sir, I can't help you. You won't get a human person to talk to. It's all done by computer systems, robotic. You've exceeded your limit for the week. And further rationing is going to make it even more, worse next month, sir, yada, yada. That's what it's supposed to be. I give, I've given these talks before, the lectures on sustainability and austerity, from the sources years ago. And here we are, eh? And under the guise, they can convince the victims that it's, it's good for the environment, it's good for humanity to eradicate all poultry and meat and everything and eggs and... So you, you, they've trained a generation who'll do it quite happily and go into starvation. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can go on. This is not this is not conspiracy theory, folks. What do you think sustainability? Look into it. Look into the Club of Rome and sustainability and austerity. Come on here. Look into the Davos Group, look into the WEF, World Economic Forum, and Mr. Schwab, or sorry, Slob, is it Slob or Schwab? I never elected this character who wears his little space jackets. Have you ever seen space jackets he wears once in a while? It's because he's transhumanist. <laughs> With a big club of the richest folk on the planet behind him, eh? A world of monitoring from birth to death, generation, and until we're all gone, and there's no more of your generations, you see. Got you open about it, too. No such thing as privacy. For you, it's forbidden. I can remember with the internet. And they came out with Wikipedia and so on, and, they, and immediately... As they started to put up, you know, the celebrities up, you know, the, the important folk, you know, the folk who, you know, really important to your, ex- your existence are celebrities. And, uh, and of course, a lot of fake stuff, and it, who cares? But the fact is, they had a, I, I can't remember the name of the law and the bill they put forward in Britain and elsewhere, then they put it across some world agreement with ICANN or something. But they could keep all the, 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 the important folks, their stuff secret. From the general public You all get hammered and so, But they all have total privacy Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Eh? All you folk who vote <laughs> and, and you're in a free society Isn't that really nice? Eh? Your classless system eh? mm-hmm. And again, let's retouch Before I continue here About, uh, remember last week I mentioned uh, the article I might put it up again with the performers and singers and actors and actresses and sports people, the culture industry, who are given a, a free carte blanche pass 
to travel wherever they, they want to go without getting tested or quarantining because they're, they're too important. Again, this virus understands it. What an amazing virus, you see. You try it and the big cops will come up and had to batter you in the head with their truncheons and drag you off and charge you for naughtiness, see. And, but for those guys, the governments applaud them for continuing in their face of adversary, putting up with harsh, harsh times. Because they have to travel a lot to entertain you and keep you living in, under a spell of utter fantasy. Which is awfully important for keeping the peace. Because if you weren't under fantasy, eh, the illusions that you're under, you might start wanting to do something about the farces that are going on and the injustices. So it's awfully important you have your entertainment, for goodness sake. And this virus knows it. It said, I'm going to help these poor folks here, these actors and actresses and, and sports folk. They're the folk who, who, who get millions of dollars for throwing a ball around. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure... Because they're very important, throwing balls around. So, and I'm going to make sure that, that um, they, they don't get annoyed or held up anywhere but for testing and quarantining and silly things like that. So there you go. That's it. A very intelligent virus. Mm-mm. But you live in a classless system, don't you? And you need the, the culture industry. Oh, I tell you. Ah, I tell you. Even the royal family, for years and years, I remember Dick giving the talks, and they created their own public relations, like a permanent public relations group, cameramen, writers, scripters, all that. Full-time employment to ch- to create farcical stories of how wonderful everything is, or little gossipy ones, are they falling out again, or a complete soap opera drama. Just like they did with uh, celebrities for their entire life, or even pop singers, rock singers, they'd, they'd make up. They'd make up. The, the companies would 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 work with the managers, because all news is good news in those industries. If the news is getting you talked about, it's good. Doesn't matter what the topic happens to be. And of course, in the rock industry, well, the guys are day. Oh my God, so and so walked through a plate glass window and jumped into a swimming pool on drugs, and it's all good news, you see, because it makes them more popular. It's a strange thing, but that's what we did. And they'd phone up the the the, 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 the magazines, would phone up the managers and ask, and so there's a range of price. They wouldn't have to even visit the groups or have or have real talks or discussions with the guys and the bands and so on. And you might as well make this up about them. No, not at all, it's fine. And gossips about the ex-girlfriends and st- all that stuff. And, and it, that, that's this, churn it out, a machine, just churn it out. And then you all get paid for sitting back and watching the make-up stories about you. And it's the same with celebrities in Hollywood, same thing. You know. how, they've churned, how they've literally churned out all this kind of stuff and diverted people for the last... 70 years, maybe, maybe more, on a grand scale, you know, starting with movie industries and television and radio and, and directed folk right off into La La Land, where it's like a drug for some people who, who live monotonous lives, eh? 
And since you don't get anything factual given to you to relieve the boredom, they give you lots of fantasy, which programs you as well, because they, they update your predictive programming. They give you what's coming down the pike in fantasy form, and you adapt to it the way it did in the movie or the play or the drama, you see. It works awfully well. That's why it's so important. And the virus knows it. it know, I like the term knows it, eh? <laughs> what knows is that? But it knows it, and it won't go for them. Yeah. It won't. And, and if they do get any symptoms of anything, it could be bad, bad drugs, anything, but they'll say it's COVID for, for, for celebrities. If it does, if they do get a sniffle, it'll be front page news, and you'll all feel so sad for so-and-so who might have to take a week off and live in their big mansion and big estate somewhere, you know, for maybe a few days till they're getting served hand and foot with their, and, and, and fed by their personal chefs and things, you know. And folk will prattle about it like it's concerning. Oh dear, I hope they survive all this, this, this unfortunate, you know, times. There you go. Insanity, eh? Authorized and manufactured, promoted insanity. Because under the total warfare scenarios, again, of information warfare, which is massive, it's been massive with the internet since it started. Folk are going crazy with it, you know. They're going crazy. I remember years ago, I said, don't go into forums. They have them all, they've got their plants in the forums. Some of them were cited up by the cybersecurity agencies and military ones too. You used to see on some firewalls that you could get years ago, I don't know if they still do it, of who was, was looking into your site any one time. And you would see the Fort Detrick and all these different places and the military organizations in the States. Like sometimes a dozen a day you get looking into your site. Yeah. Different departments. They'd even have the heads of the departments, the commanders and so on. You could phone them up, in fact, if you wanted to talk to them. Why is your guys looking at Oh, it's part of a training exercise. Oh. That's what they tell you. They've been doing this from the beginning. But you'll find, too, that they set up these forums and anything that was dodgy. I mean, dodgy means it might it might get a big following and could alter public opinion in some policies, you see. What they would do, they, they would put in their, the well-trained ones, you know, would go in there and they'd be likable. You'd never meet them, of course. These are, these are all anonymous people, right? But they'd be likable, and they'd say that the right things that, you, that the gang, you, your gang would say, like, right on, so-and-so, right on, we're with you, you know. And eventually, folk would trust this this little name, you see, because that's all you've got as a name, eh? And or a pseudonym. And it's just down the road, they start to put out, they get more intelligent, and say, oh, wow. And then folk start to follow them on the forum. And then they'll become almost a moderator, and folk will listen to them. Even when they, they spin it off, you see, they start spinning off in a different direction. And, and the, the followers then follow them. That's how it's done, so slickly. And, uh, and eventually, they'll, they'll take you around in a circle sometimes, or way off the main topic, or even the reason that the forum started, into a different direction. And they'll neutralize you. They'll neutralize you by, by leading you to, to a, an elephant trap. They call them elephant traps, by the way. Which are legalities already pre-existing. 
on certain topics, legal ones, that you fall into, all, all emotive ones like pedophilia and things, doesn't mean it doesn't happen, or it's right or not right or wrong. It's because it's already pre-set up for you to fall into and start ranting about it. Then the authorities are given the nod and they go after you. They'll sue you, silly. If you go into slander or things you can't, or so-and-so said it, and, well, <laughs> that's not good enough in law, you see. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong or true or not. I mean, and there's other ones too. You, you probably know some of the, the, the big elephant traps to lead you into. And then you get neutralized, you get banned, you get fined. You might lose your home. And then you're out of action. That's what cyber warfare, this is military. And CIA, it's military. You put them out of action. You're starting to get it. And they give you your leaders. They tell you that in the manuals. That they often put the leaders out there. In other countries too, for their color revolutions, they build up to it. It might take them a few years. But they'll, they'll, they'll give leaders. And all they'll be the, if you're in a, a high Islamic country, if it's Shiite or whatever kind it happens to be, they'll supply the, 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 the character. And then youngsters will follow them, you see who are all chanting for the same justice to be fulfilled, and they'll follow the person, and they'll go again in a circle, and then they go off into another circle, and then they'll set up sting operations, and then the young guys are are all supplied with all the fake stuff to cause mayhem, and then they get arrested. They do it in all countries, by the way. All countries. Canada's done it. States has done it. Britain's done it. Most of the preventing terrorism, and they boast about it once in a while when they say, where's all this money going? Well, we'll prevent so many terrorist things this year. But when you look into the sting operations, where they set up the sting, young guys fall into it. They supply the leaders on the internet, and young guys fall into it, and then they get set up, and then they get caught. There's nothing real out there that really is what it says it is. But getting back to the, the part of the elephant traps. And they're called elephant traps because you should see them. If you're thinking logically and not emotionally, you'll see them for what they are. They're legal, legal setups for you to fall into. So then authorities can go after you for legalities. And a few years ago, I said, you know, the big characters out there that say certain things, do certain things, their followers jump on the bandwagon. They part the same stuff. They go over the edge, the cliff edge. And the ones that they followed have their own platforms. They're fine. They end up with their own pl- But you all went over that. You're neutralized. You're out, out, out of action. This is cyber warfare. I don't really mean this. It's not a coincidence. This is how they train them to do this, what I'm talking about here. Years ago, I did the talks about the sock puppets and so on. And a lot of folk don't even know that a lot of the, what they're getting hit with, with what they think are people, are, are sock puppets that are computer generated by the authorities, the agencies. Now they've got a lot more, thousands, they said in the articles from the 77th Brigade in Britain. There's an army brigade that's in, that deals in cyber warfare that says they've got thousands and thousands of operatives working full time against enemies of the state or the state's policies. Like, they're given any country information about the safety of, of certain vaccines and things. They have to be attacked, and they are being attacked very successfully. 
and they'll they'll hammer you, you know. So so cleverly too, they'll personalize themselves. They'll try and say, "I'm so and so," and ask you an innocent question, and you might answer it. And you may get an email back, maybe two weeks later, maybe a week. It depends. And they'll, they'll, they'll come back with another question, and you know, the, the person is really seeking for truth, and, and you'll feed it to them, and feed. It. But then they'll start to try to personalize. They've, tried, they've already sussed out. You see, before they even first get in touch with, they've already got a list of who you, of people, who you are. Your personality profile is completely what your likes, dislikes are, what you watch for movies, um, what your personality, soft, hard personality, easygoing, uh, cautious, yada, yada. It's all worked out in advance, lonely even. And then they'll supply the, the right kind of character to get to befriend you. You might never meet them, you see. Probably won't. They might not even be in the same country, even this employed by the CIA or even sent to Brigade. And then you'll, you'll fall for it in your little spiel. And they'll try and get out your phone number, because you know, they're trying to phone you. One guy phoned me for another country over in Europe. And it was an obvious setup for me to say something that would get me in, in trouble. Obvious setup. But it takes them a while to get to that point, you know. And you just, you don't prattle off to, to these characters if they do get in touch with you. You've got to be very, very careful because... They can take years setting you up, sometimes. And you won't be the only person they're working on. They'll, they'll have a list of who they have to do. And they get paid well, you know, to do it. But they'll try to get in, and so on. Other ones, too, you probably you probably go through YouTube or BitChute. Someone mentioned it to me last week, something similar on BitChute. If you leave the comments open, and you're talking about the topics which are forbidden, including the vaccinations, for example, things like that, any, I mean, anything, it's not right from the state itself, it's forbidden. Anything from any top experts on the planet is still forbidden if it's if not on board with the authority. Who, who, who is the strange coterie of people who decide what's true and not, even in medicine? Eh? If you don't have all that, then you're living in an agenda, folks. Because folk who are running things open, truthfully, don't have to hide behind anything. But anyway, yeah, you, you get a massive um, smear campaigns if you leave the comments open, and you'll see. And it's true enough; you'll see the same names in some of them over and over and over, multiple times, sometimes in the same, on the same commentary. Same, it's, it's obviously machines just churning them out, you know, which it might very well be. But I've seen it with anybody who's religious. I've seen it in a guy who who does his own particular speciality in religion. And and you'll see the same kind of hammering and hammering and hammering them after every talk. It's just like, it's, it's just by rote, the same slogans they'll hammer them with and so on like that. That's what you do. So the whole point is, this was discussed again 20 odd years ago, over 20 years ago, on how they would tackle information in, 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 an, in a time when people would have a voice. This is what they said they would do, this kind of thing. And you're experiencing it all day. So you can't, uh, you can't even, uh, why, why give them a platform to hammer you? Best, you best not to. And, and I'll tell you another thing. In, in their own manuals, they, they mention that if you're sensitive, they'll crack, they'll try and crack you. Just like any spy thing, you know. They try and crack the opposition by causing stress. 
It's like being if you're if you're an actor, actress, or, or a performer on stage, musician, or whatever. You should never listen to the critics, because it, it, it would break you apart. So they, they'll use the critics, you see, to hammer people who are decent who are trying to do the right thing on the internet. They really will. They're trained to do this and paid to do it. Your own countries are paying them handsomely, full time, to try and destroy you. <laughs> That's where your tax money is going, folks. And so don't give them the, 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 the why bother? Do you really need the comments to, 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 to come back at you and say, oh my God, was it that bad? And didn't I do a good enough job? No, 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 this, this is standard stuff, yeah. I mean, right now, we're, we're, I, sh- I, should, I don't know if we should say this, we're lucky enough just to get what's left off the internet for, for however long that will be. Just to say what we want to say. And if you're paying for it and doing it and doing the work, why, why open up for, a, for, for all these characters in cyber warfare, paid, paid characters to get in and, and overwhelm it? Why bother? Let them pay for it themselves. Using your tax money. <laughs> Because they never use their own, eh? But never forget, you're living in a, in a very unreal system. And because you get used to it, you think it is all real. And don't let your guard down. Because these are the next step, obviously, apart from just banning folk outright. And they can't get the folk who won't fall into the elephant traps that are preset, preordained. And you all know what they are. You get banned off them right away, you know? So don't, don't, don't just run wildly over them. Don't follow the leader, you know. And it's always, again, through, so I always, I've, I've, I've said this to a few folk over the years. Don't fall into the emotional traps. Because you have to, you have to be almost like them in agencies, which is detached from the emotion. This is a war that's going on, a very real war. And the stakes are for everything. For your whole way of life, for everything that's ever been, that's what it's for, folks. That's your stakes. So you can't let emotion blind you until you fall and stumble and you fall over into the elephant trap. Really? But there's folk, as I say, who get sued silly, they'll lose their mortgages, they'll lose their homes, they'll lose their platforms. Because they'll fall into the defamation, you know, or defame folk or whatever, through emotion. So it's not, it's not a matter of if it's true or not. It's a matter of this is a war and the, the legal professions from the government all down are on board with the agenda here. And they use it. They set up the elephant traps in advance. Hmm? And I, I said years ago too, don't throw out your little litho machines and the ways that the people used to do their little printing of two-page, maybe four-page sheets at times, sometimes just one big long sheet every week, and post it off to people. You know, like Conspiracy Theory, the movie <laughs> with Mel Gibson, and, and you send it off to, they send it off to people. And they'd, they'd leave them on, on laundromats, places like that for folk to read. And, and that's how it used to be. And that, that idea all came from the, well, the pamphleteers, eh? The pamphleteers, they called them, in the days of Benjamin Franklin. He was well involved in the printing system. But they used to put the pamphlets out about things um, the governments wouldn't like. And you, you couldn't say directly or they'd simply arrest you. But if you, if you put a pamphlet out and be anonymous, 
with who's, who did it, you get your mouth shut, which tells you too, you've got to have a, if you, anybody's going to help you do it, you've got to, they've got, to, they've got to respect each other's secrecy and privacy, obviously. Because it's a war, it's a real war. Real, real war, you know. The greatest danger in any war, and for, for those who are in resistance movements, was always for a quizzling, someone inside, who will turn on them. The Matrix movie had it too, of course. Same kind of idea. Who gets bribed off. But also, you've got authorities out there uh, that, that, that are on the lookout for people in, you know, who are fighting out against. So you've got to keep it all secret. So you've got to respect your secrecy. You know? Obviously. You've got to do it. Because that's how you survive in a, a real war. A real war. Right down to if they're questioned by authorities, are you friends with so-and-so, or you, did you know what they're up to? And you say, no, you've got to be very convincing, etc. This is a real, real war, people. When they publish that cyber warfare experts, and they were in it long before COVID came along, but now they've, they've given themselves the authority now to go even further with many, many more. Because the head of the cyber warfare group in the 77th Brigade said that in Britain a few months ago in the newspapers, and I put that up to that article when he said that we, we have, I can remember, some, some massive amount extra we, we can call on and use any time we want. And they're doing it. They're absolutely doing it. And they're well funded to do it. And they will put out their own newspapers, by the way, which will appeal to people like yourselves who are fighting injustice. And uh, they'll have the same stories and good ones at that. And they'll start the little bits of liberal thought, maybe this, maybe that. And over time, then you're, you're, you'll be spinning off into a different direction, you know. It's like 9-11. 9-11 and, and had the We Are Change group came out with some terrific investigations right after 9-11. Top engineers and gave talks and put books out and of what happened, and then you had other ones coming forward with agencies that they knew were involved behind. I mean, it was just too obvious and from evidence. But eventually, the groups were infiltrated, taken over. Some were already in it and then got paid off to start leading the group astray. And the next thing you know, they're, they're actually the climate advocates, a lot of them, for sustainability. They're all completely unimportant. They don't realize it, most of the followers, they don't realize it. They, they, because you, the, the, the gradual change It's like following a road in a boring night And a long, boring journey uh, You don't realise you've maybe done a, a big, big U-turn In the middle of the night and Because it's been so slow and you've adapted Until it all seems quite natural to you That's how it's done with a lot of people And they don't know it So be very careful Because see, it's intensifying now and you've seen it already from the exercises they had about COVID. The event 201, you saw the one I put up from the European Union, that they were all for vax. I can't remember the title exactly, but it was something like we're all for vax or something. And, and uh, there's a guy there, I don't know if it was Klaus Schwab there too, he, who, who was motivating them at the beginning. Uh, we had a heavy accent, I don't know if it was him or not. But anyway, uh, they, they, they had some of the people from browser companies coming in, like um, Mozilla was there and so on, and search engine companies and so on, on board with it, the mainstream media. And they, give talk, they all give talks individually and say, yes, we're all on board with this. This is before the pandemic happened. And the exercise, 
that they were, they've already sworn to go along with whatever the government said. You see? But then there are different phases of lockdown, you see, when there'll be phase two, three, four, and five, and so on. Eventually, they'll try and deplatform anybody who's putting out good stuff. Now you do it, the first way is to, to take the money from them, economic warfare. That's always standard stuff. Try to stop that from happening. Uh, and um, so if, you, if, if they can't get money coming in, uh, then that's the amount of action anyway, you see. Because most of them don't live high in the hog, as you well know. It's day to day or week to week. So they're quite easy to put under and get them deplatformed. Because I was getting shadow banned before the term. You'd heard the term in public shadow banning. Because I stuck to the basic facts. And when they realized they couldn't bring me over, and as I guess they call it, bringing you over, taking you over, then they, they turn on you, you see, quite openly. And nothing personal, really, from the guys that do They, they just do their job and they hate you. They, they love getting money and they, they enjoy games, you see. They, they play with people. They'll, they'll play with your internet and you, you, you won't get... It'll suddenly slow down. you see, my goodness, it's going to take me 10 minutes to pull up this one... You know, print page basically. Yeah, they play little games like that. And of course, if you, if you waste your time phoning the server, well, it's not our end. You know, we're we're checking it. Try this and anyway, you'll burn off two hours in the middle of the night going through this nonsense with them. Unplug this, plug this, and time after time, getting nowhere. And it's all to to to, to make you give up. That's how they do it. I've had that for years. But come midnight, generally not always. This, my speed just goes, I can actually watch a clip of something for 10 minutes without it, without it breaking. But it's like a switch, 10 minutes, yeah, midnight, midnight, you know. And that'll go as well eventually, but during the day, oh. And that's how you do it. And you can always tell when someone's in, in the back doors of your computer. They get all the back, that's what they were put them in for, remember, by law. They put in all the back doors. In 1995, I think it was. I think it was Grattan. Was it Grattan? It was the, he was, he was uh, a reporter with the Toronto Star. It was the first time the article came out. And, or Toronto Star, I think it was. Or maybe both papers, actually. But he said in it, we'd, 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 we'll bug our phones. To please Uncle Sam. That was the headline. And I cut that out. I used to keep all the hard copy of stuff from newspapers. Eh? I knew what was coming down the pike. See? And the, the Canada had been in agreement with the US, and the US had demanded that we, that even all landlines, everything, all kinds of phones, all communication devices, faxes, everything, and computers, early computers, or the early computers, had to all have chips in them that would allow them and programs put into them by the makers under authorization by the governments for back doors so that they could have, so that all their agencies could have instant access to anybody's communication devices, all communication devices. That was back then, eh? And uh, it's been a, on a, you know, so from the beginning, really, you, you never had free. And even then, uh, there was articles out too about that, that nobody knew they were buying photocopiers as an example, when they started bringing down the prices down for the tiny little photocopiers for the domestic use. Because you, you print things up, you wouldn't see anything different from one copy to the next, and one copier to the next. But they had little invisible prints that would go into it, 
which they could tell which machines, whose machine, who bought it. Because generally you had to have the purchase from you unless you bought it second hand or something. Even then, you'd have to pay cash for it. But uh, it would be a, like a watermark almost with, under a certain light. You could tell who 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 printed this, you see. And you think you're free. Why would your own governments in peacetime go to these lands if you were free? And all that build-up and preparation long before, in the 90s, all for Gulf War coming along, you know, the, the actual... The actual 2001 event, the Pearl Harbor event, as is said in advance. And again, in the 90s as well, I remember going to the, and reading articles about it, that, that, that Canada was opening up offices for the, for, for the FBI in Canada. Everybody said, what's, what's going on? What's coming down the p-? Everybody knew back then that something big was coming down the pike. That's why in the States they had all these militias forming from the events that had been happening there too. But in Canada, when you saw something was coming down the pike, just nothing made much sense really. Why would they want to tap your phones? Why were they putting all these back doors and everything? Why, even your phone, your own personal phone, no privacy so governments could listen in. Nothing apparently, as far as we were concerned, was happening then. And then, at the same time as the FBI opening up offices, they'd also been going around libraries in Canada every month to get lists of everybody who'd, who'd taken out books and what books they brought out. What were they reading? So anything to do with anything that was government, even local government run, anything, and all libraries were getting government federal funding too. Whatever they were doing, he had no privacy at all. And they were handing it off to spy agencies and intelligence agencies and foreign ones at that too to see what you're reading, what's publicly available at the public libraries because certain things might be given an indication of your personality. Now it's time to tell you to go to cutting3matrix.com. List all my official sites. They're all on that site. You'll see them listed. And uh, I've, I've sites elsewhere, but they're not mine. But these are my official sites. And uh, that's where I put up myself. And other people sometimes take them and put them up. As long as they don't change anything, it's fine. And... You can buy the books and discs advertised there, or, or you can donate semi straight donations are really, really welcome. As we go through these trying times, and I've got a bunch of sites I pay for, and I keep, I don't sell anything else, you know. And so I'm not selling you and flogging you and making money and uh, doing all that, that stuff. I just uh, ask for donations and sell the books and discs that I put out. And yeah, I, could, uh, I said years ago, I had, I've got a whole list of stuff. For further books, and I said, no, there's, there's no real point, because the rapid changes that we've been going through literally has negated, even for most folk, the need for books. They don't read anymore. And they want video, in fact, for most things. I knew that in the 90s, they'd eventually went totally in video, because they'd been trained from childhood that all information comes with video. 
which means you've got to sit still and watch it. Well, if you're just listening to material, why bother watching it when you can walk around and travel or even drive and listen to it instead? So I stuck with the audio. And, yeah, it's not as dramatic. You see, I can, can put special effects on and scare you and give you the right pauses and stare you in the face and, and, and play with you like most folk do. But uh, I believe in just education is, is important because you won't change everybody's opinions, definitely. And you, you know, you'll probably all know that already. Uh, but you, you also, uh, you, people who, who really have can change and be strong and come through all the trials that, that's coming down the pike generally have something in them already that, that keeps them uh, alert, you see. They, they, there's, there's something there. It's like a, a switch that's on or off, you see. And you can find people in the, in the same families. Sometimes you, you find men and women splitting up, husband and wives, and so on, or mates splitting up because they, they have differences of opinion when it comes to these vital things that are happening even today, even leading up to this. And, and even people with uh, big parents to their children. Sometimes the children are the ones that are awake. Sometimes it's the parent and the child isn't. It's, 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 it's literally like a switch. You either have something switched on or you don't. It's like a pathway in your brain or something that literally allows information to get channeled along in a certain direction where it connects with other bits of information and starts to make sense to you. Other folk don't have it that way. They, they see it almost like all, all unconnected or disconnected all the different topics, and they can't quite put it together. They can't believe that there's such a dark system with such control over them that it, that, that really could exist, even though it does exist exactly like that. The amount of your tax money that's, that's put out there, making sure you all have the same uniform thoughts, standardized opinions, is just phenomenal. Yeah, really. And it's all deliberate. <laughs> it's not accidental. Yeah. So it really is something else to when you, when you see the big big picture. So yeah, you can go to cuttingthroughmatrix.com and you can use PayPal. You can send cash or personal check, moneygram. Um, and if you know of other ways, let me know too. And I'll I'll try and do it because things is always you know, things are tightening up everywhere. You look, and the currency obviously is being devalued. As all businesses go under and, and the taxes are increasing and increasing, to pay off supposedly all the borrowed money, well, forget it. It would take you a hundred generations, I think, to try and pay this off, what's, what's been spent already. It's all intentional. As I say, and, and the money's all fake anyway. It's by, by nothing. It's all IOUs, you know, in the faith that somebody will pay back the ones that owe you, the IOUs, <laughs> and so on. There's articles here with, and I said this would happen too, not because it's, it's because, see, Marx talked about factories as an example and centralization of power. He congratulated by telegram, remember, Abraham Lincoln for keeping the union together, centralization of the state power. But also that, that, that uh, centralization would be everything run by the state, maybe even paid by the state. All employees, no matter what businesses they worked in, they're all run and owned by the state. They get paid by the state. You're saying the picture, there's your universal basic income. 
You certainly see what's happening here. This is it, folks. It's the same agenda with altering the words a bit. This is not quite as obvious to most folk. Same thing. They also talked in the communist system and the hierarchy of eventually you would have you could have one factory making the shoes of the entire nation, maybe even of the world in the future. One factory. And sure enough, you would see the same furniture in all the Sovietized block country houses. It's all the same stuff. And you see the same fridge and you see the same packet of peas and yada yada yada. And that's what you have, uniformity. But they also said that, yeah, whoever you'd have one factory that'd make the fridges and one make the cars and blah, blah, blah. I think it was necessary we'd made by one place, you see. Well, here you have, it's just maybe one store brand that's going to feed you all and one other store brand that'll do something else and, and all the other all the other small businesses are gone. Margaret Thatcher talked about this when she was in the so-called conservative, eh? Or, sorry, progressive. We get that term, progressive, conservative. That's, the, that's your little warning sign. And, but she said it, that the future would have no small businesses at all. No one, what always gets me is when the journalists present never press them and say, what do you mean by that? It's like when George Bush Sr. made a statement of the coming new world order, the world order coming into view, which you can look up yourselves. They actually had, yeah. And then the media is all present. No one said, what do you mean by that? Could you, a thousand points of light, eh? Oh, that old topic again, oh. <laughs> the occultic stuff. And then ten years later, his, his son does the same, pretty well the same speech. To the date, I think it was. This coincidence. But yeah, New World Order, eh? And the folk never quite get what's... But they had the press that's by docilely, uh, as ordered, and, and knows to play the game and don't ask what he means by it. Because they all know what, they all know what he mean by it, means by it. They let in on their little secret. But you're not, you see. You're just the peasant. All you're getting is a legal declaration. And you say nothing, which means that legal declaration is unchallenged, you see, by law. Then the historians can write down the future. Yeah, it was put forward by so-and-so, and no one objected. The public seemed to be to, to acquiesce to it. I gave a talk, talks on acquiescence many years ago, and that's how most laws pass, even under common law. You don't, don't object to it, and it becomes normal, and it becomes law. And it's interesting to see another Gary who, who uses all my stuff that he's given the same talks just recently, using all the same same old talks I gave many many moons ago, including just so you know, the smallest word this is you've got to relearn it, but we're re- you have to relearn an awful lot now because as I say you're into the whole sustainability movement, the agenda for the twenty first century with its segments, you know. 2015, 2030, etc., etc., and things they must accomplish all the way through the century, step by step. This is, this, the UN works the same way too, by the way, because it's the same group that set up your nations and own and run your nations, own and set up the United Nations with, with their five-year plans for this, 10-year plans for that, 50-year plans for this other party. So you hear all same, same thing, folks, same, same body of people with their Chatham House rules, and they all go by the Chatham House rules, all of them. I thought that was just Chatham House. No, no. They've got other departments too and other organizations which are all part of the main organization with their Chatham House rules. 
don't tell the public anything after our private meetings. They might have one elected spokesperson authorized to give a cover story on certain things, but never nothing else. <laughs> and we're supposed to accept that as normal. These private clubs running everything. The same club, the Council on Foreign Relations, that came out in 2005 on Canadian television. That's when they were talking about Fortress America and we'll all have to bind together into one big nation in America, as you see, and might even have to get a parliament, which it says could be put up in Montreal. That was in the papers at the time. And the spokespeople that came out on television then were, came out under their own banner with the background behind them, Council on Foreign Relations. And Mr. Axworthy was the head of it at the time. He was a, a ex-Deputy Prime Minister of Canada at one point. And they boasted about how they were behind the, the stuff and they, they wanted a unified Americas. And, but the CFR also boasted that they literally, or the, their department in Britain and, and themselves, had been responsible for drafting up the, the, the EU amalgamation. Well, isn't it strange? Is this, some, I've done this so many times. Isn't it strange that Karl Marx talked about the world to get split up into three trading blocks? A unified Europe, unified Americas, a unified Far Eastern group, Pacific Rim group. And each one would have their own parliament under a super world parliament. And that's the same agenda as the Council on Foreign Relations, Lord Alfred Milner Group, Royal Institute for International Affairs. Isn't that odd? Isn't it? Isn't that just what a coincidence? Eh? Let's, let's, let's be coincidence serious here. Just coincidences, eh? Same thing the communists wanted, and so it's with the big capitalists that run the British Empire that became the American Empire. That's what they all want, too. It's just the same agenda, just a coincidence. So it must be. Who else could it be? And they're living along with it. And again, with it all, too, you have to come into the departments they set up at the United Nations, UNESCO, etc., with the founders of it, and Julian Huxley, the, the guy who was Aldous Huxley's brother, who's on about, he helped set up Planned Parenthood as well, he's one of the co-founders of it, and depopulation across the world. He was a top eugenicist, he promoted eugenics and talked about the unfit, etc., quite openly. Then after World War II, he altered it a little bit to keep eugenics going undercover, and uh, he, he camouflaged it pretty well, belonged to the Darwin Society, etc. Nothing's changed. And these are the same guys who came out of the same, same organizations of all time. They're all one big club, you see, these amalgamated organizations, the specialized departments, all of them, with one goal, one agenda. And they're alive and well. And they hit upon the idea of oh, climate change would do, could bring in sustainability under climate change. That would fit the bill, said the Club of Rome, the big think tank and organization tasked with finding a reason they could unify the planet so they'd go along with it all. We hit upon this famine, it says, you know, climate change, drought and famine, the like would fit the bill. So therefore, man would be the enemy. And there was too many people. And we weren't listening, according to last year's conference of parties at the Paris Agreement. And so they'd have to get, get more drastic and bingo. You know, before that year was out in November, out comes COVID. Lockdown. All businesses closed. 
totally into complete sustainability because nothing's getting made anymore. <laughs> there you go. And when they come out with a fake bill with the fake, from the fake money, it doesn't matter, it's all fake. Well, you now owe so many trillions, you know, tacked on to what you owed before. And so you've got to literally go into rationing and for the rest of, of generations to come. Then you get little gold stars on your passport, your, 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 your vaccination passport. It isn't just a COVID passport. This is a total vaccination passport. I gave that talk years ago too. Because it was discussed at the United Nations and the World Health Organization years ago. You're living in an agenda, folks. It doesn't go away. It continues. And the same mantras continue down through the agenda. And they do always finish their tasks. They don't give up on anything. Sometimes they put certain things on hold a little bit. Like they did for the last four years with Trump. Now it's back to, you say it in the papers, and it's going to be back to normal, says China. <laughs> the military industrial complex is already funding ISIS again to hit in, uh, Syria again, eh? Already it's in the papers there. That's not coincidental. Back to normal, you see. Same list. Continuation of the same agenda that was kind of put on hold there. And the, and the treaty, uh, or the climate to Paris agreement there. Uh, they're, they're back at it again. They're looking forward to big celebration, and they'll have big parties to celebrate being back, you know, and, and filling their pockets with all the stuff that they fill it with, mainly from the taxpayers again. We're the only species that you have to convince to give ourselves up, to give up our own lives, even. No other species does that. You see, the human brain. With all the things, all the gifts that you have with it, you know, to really appreciate, even language, to put in things like language and writing and, and read things from thousands of years ago, if you get the translations of things and so on. We're at a wealth of knowledge, eh? But it has that big vulnerability too. It can be manipulated by very wily, wily psychopathic characters who study you so well. And then eventually they get paid to study you by more dominant characters who are very wealthy, who obviously dominate you, obviously dominate you. So much so they can decide if you're going to drive in the next few years. Remember, for the agenda for the 21st century, that's the whole agenda was, to, was put in there, the basic plan. There's to be no private property and no private cars. Now they're giving you, the, I've said this, they're giving you the temporary Electric cars, to make you think that they're not going to lock you down totally forever, but they are going to, because they'll do away with them eventually too. So it's all scripted. You're living through a script. The only vehicles of this to be eventually are essential vehicles. That's like fire, police, and so on, and bureaucrats, etc., civil servants, and council employees, all that kind of stuff. But the rest of you know. And no private property eventually. That's where it's going. Again, back to the communist plan. Isn't that amazing? It all falls into the same agenda, isn't it? We're the fulfillment. This is the super Soviet on steroids, you know. All the stuff that they couldn't manage in the Soviet system of Russia being dominant. 
is being pushed through under this system, and it's much better because it's using much more persuasive techniques of incredible advanced psychological warfare and indoctrination that they didn't have at the time in the, the old Soviet system. I had to laugh too when the terminology, we never hear terminology getting splattered about there with neo, neologisms coming out and, and you've got um, reimagining and you get certain words that are brand new and then phrases that are just put together, strung in such a way like, and then they all repeat it at the Club of Rome, they repeat it, they repeat it at, at the Davos group and Bill Gates repeats it, they're all repeating the same slogans like reimagining education it isn't just the future and sustainability and reimagining this, it's reimagining education from Bill Gates. Eh? Because, you see, he also funded that whole program because he wants to eventually all youngsters to, to literally live at home for their entire life pretty well and, and let, learn at home through his program. So the uniformity of education and opinions. Oh, it's perfect, isn't it? By Bill Gates. Reimagining. All the stuff from tyrants. They can make things even sound appealing to the youngsters. I like that name, imagining. Yeah. They do like it. Reimagining. There you go. And now all you have to do now, with that vulnerability in the brain, is to say, well, you want to be a good person and go along with it all too, don't you? Don't you want to be nice and good? And they've got awfully nice persuaders. They don't put nasty-looking, evil-looking characters to persuade you. They're generally very likable. They're picked for their looks and for their techniques and so on. And their persuasive... I guess it's persuasibility. Maybe you can call it that way. Because they have it. They're good. They're good little... They're good con men, really, and women, you know. And they're trained in all the, the techniques that went way, way back to through through time used by advisors to the courts, the Machiavellian techniques, and even copied stuff from religion too, because religion had its, its techniques as well. It's like, it was John Wesley that Benjamin Franklin brought over to the States. Franklin himself was a Mason, a high Mason too. And he wrote about it in his own memoirs, how he, the lodges that he belonged to. And he went from one branch to another branch and he went up the ladder, and how he also put up pamphlets uh, under different guises, newspapers. He, he owned a printing press eventually. And uh, he talked about, so he was so impressed with, with Wesley and his ability to, to, through vocabulary and techniques, auditory techniques, he could literally get the emotions running. He, here's the key again, emotion, be careful. Emotions are running. And it says in a short time he gets such a pitch, of, uh, a, a fervid pitch of emotion going. The people would have tears in their eyes, and, and by the end of it, they'd all give their life to Christ, you see. It was a technique. And Franklin himself said in, in his memoirs, in the same, the same chapter actually, he says, I myself, you know, I don't, he said, I can be a, I said, I can be a Muslim. Uh, in a Muslim country, I can be a Christian in a Christian country, I can be a Jew in a, Jew, in a Jewish area <laughs> or a part of a country. And he, he said, you know, he, he didn't really care. It, it was all one thing. It was a way of, of mixing. That, is, that, that was the Masonic philosophy at the time. 
the brotherhood of man and how to bypass religions, bypass differences. And, and that was the appeal for, for folk to join it. And once you did that, you get used, you see, because it was used for subverting nations and states and systems. <laughs> Be careful of joining anything, folks. But yeah, that's what you said. The, the, the motive techniques that were used, the perfected by this preacher, he, uh, he, he, he loved, he said, he was astonished by it. So he brought him over and built my church. So you be very careful. You can be emotion. Again, getting back to the elephant traps that are deliberately put out there, the, the, the laws are set up. If you jump into that trap, they're going to hammer you because because now they can use law against you. It's not opinion anymore, you see. It's not a matter either of if you're right or wrong. That doesn't matter at all. It's very similar to the Canadian farmer. Where there was a trial. He, he, he was used initially as, 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 the, as the novice trial um, victim for Monsanto years ago because uh, Monsanto had his own private army around farms and collecting seeds of farmers and then take them off to their own labs and say, well, you've, we found soya, our genetically modified soya, on your farm. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if, if a road went past your fields uh, with open trucks full of grain from other farmers who were using Monsanto and blow, it was blowing over there. Or, and what the judge said to him, in fact, this one farmer eventually said, I don't care if a bird pooped it out in your land. The fact that under the law, it was on your land and it's all that matters. You see, that's a law. The Lord doesn't care if we're right or wrong. It's mechanical in a sense. Although they love to use it for, for political purposes. <laughs> but it's mechanical in the sense that, that it was on your land. That's all that matters. It's the same thing with people who think they're going to get their day in court. And they say, I'm going to tell the people and I'll get it publicized what happened or whatever. And it doesn't happen. The judge tells you to shut up you know, under penalty. And, and uh, the lawyers to do the talking for you. The lawyer, the lawyer won't preach because he's, he's a member of the bar. You know, they're all brothers, and they do the little gestures there. And uh, you see them in the court doing their Masonic gestures. <laughs> it's quite, quite funny. But um, because it's their system, it's not your system. It's a whole, it's a whole different topic. But anyway, if they're in court, yeah. Uh, it's all agreed upon. They're not going to give you a chance to talk for yourself. In fact, they'll tell you, don't do it. Don't ever talk for yourself. And they'll say, we're arguing the facts. The facts aren't who was right or wrong or why you did this. Or the facts are, did you do it? Or did you think it? Or did you say it even? That's it. You say, oh, yeah, I did say that. You know, but, but, but no buts about it. That's it. You said it. Saying something, whatever it was, was a crime. That's when it was on the books. You said. That's how it's done. And folk fall right into it. And I, I've watched this for years and years as they set up these traps, which also gives you a good clue of who the people really are behind something or an organization or even a website, you know. You'd be so careful, folks. In the manual for psychological for cyber warfare and cyber warfare, they, they tell you in it that they go into the countries and they set up their own, again, what I'm telling you, their own Groups that appear to be on the side of insurgents or whatever, and they'll echo and part the stuff, then they'll part more of the stuff, they'll get more factual, they'll bring in the folk, and then they'll, then they'll lead them off into, into a tangent or away from the main topic. So now you can neutralize them one way or another. That's what you do, you neutralize them. 
And if you can set out laws in that country that, that this is forbidden or that's forbidden, then then you lead them off to go into those those elephant traps. You neutralize they fall in one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. After a leader says so. The leader is fine, the leader's unscathed in the West. They've got their own platforms, a lot of them. But you can't afford that. You're in there, now you've got sued, sued rotten. You can't afford the lawsuits, never mind anything else. Be so careful. Be so careful. And never take things personally, even when you've been hit one time, many times, by, by knowing who some of these characters are and being hammered by them behind the scenes. I mean hammered financially otherwise, behind the scenes. All the dirty tricks you can imagine the CIA is so well known for, they happen, you know. They happen. Yeah. And there's no point mentioning it because it'd be sour grapes. You'd be surprised how many folk like different characters, even though they know uh, they're really agents in a sense. They don't care. They really don't care. Well, they put out some good stuff sometimes. And that's to keep the credence with the, with the followers, you see. So be, be very careful and don't fall into the motive topics. They're deliberately set up for you. We're going through an agenda. Different groups are playing their part right now in the agenda. And out of all will come new laws and a new system. That's what's the, even the conflicts in the streets. All, all predetermined. Huh? And it's just astonishing that, that again, if, if, you're, if you understand what's going on to this level, at, at, at this particular time, it will astonish you because you, you're, you're still thinking that everybody knows what you know. No, they don't. The general population don't know everything. They've been following the stuff that you've been following. They haven't been delving into the behind-the-scenes facts and delving deeper into the stories and behind the stories that you're given. They haven't been doing any of that. They, to them, it must all be true. Whatever it is, is all true by the authorities because they, no one would pull off such a, a con. And they always quote, this, this is the quote you always hear from Adolf Hitler. If you want to tell, and it was really Goebbels too, if you want to tell a lie, tell a really big one because the public could never believe that anybody would go to that length and that height of lying to, to fool the people. Because they, can, they only can relate to what they would do themselves. Little white lies, little things, they can imagine that. Because they'll do it themselves. But they can't imagine anybody pulling off huge national lies that could maybe even get you into war. Can't imagine it. But don't forget the Goebbels and then often say Hitler. They were, they were talking, they got that idea. And they were actually talking when they said that. They were, they were showing an example of what the communists already had used. That's why they used that. That analogy. So, again, in Machiavelli, he got to Machiavelli, he said in his little resume to different kings and queens, because that's what it was, you know, the prince, you would give your resume to the royalty in the hopes that you get hired as a, a courtier, an advisor to, to the crown. And he said in it, you must never tell the ordinary people much at all of any truth. <laughs> he said that it may upset them. The best way is to treat them like children, lie to them, promise them that things will get better. And then say, what do you think Fauci's been doing? Oh, a few weeks more. Oh, we might have locked you down over Christmas again. A little bit more. Children, children, same stuff, folks. Same psychopaths. 
But the, the point is, managing populations is a very old art. In ancient Rome, we've all heard about bread and circuses. Of course we have. It got so bad at one time when it was getting corrupt. And, and um, they said every, every empire builder, every nation, has this little spurt that when, it, when it comes from the, 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 the grassroots. Um, and the, the, whole, the old idea is that Rome, and those who became the first generals of the Roman Empire, and even for Rome itself, were farmers and, and kind of tenant farmers and owner farmers and so on. But they also served like the local militias and and they would form out of their fighting for their nation and their land, the actual country itself, a unified nation. And, but then they don't stop there. They go off in other countries, etc. And as, as they get away from the grassroots of farming and basics and into luxury, you see, now you get a, another generation comes along and they like the luxury and they want more. And they, 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 don't, they don't want to pay high taxes. They pay for everything and pays for the armies. So you use armies to go out and, and conquer other nations for resources. And then they, they, took it, <laughs> they took the money guys with them, by the way. And they forced the conquered nations off and they didn't use money to take the money and use it. Then they they'd used barter. Most all of these countries used barter, you know, in the tribes and so on, Gaul and all that. Barter was the way. You didn't, you didn't need coin, and that did away. You know, you didn't have any middlemen that decided the value of that 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 commodity anymore. If you're if you're truly bartering, you could barter a, a, a sack and a certain weight of corn for whatever else you demanded. You sit and debate it, yes, no, or a little bit yes, and and somebody would cave in a bit here, and then you you come to an agreement. Once the middlemen came in, then they decided what everything was worth, and they became the really uh, the bosses right there and then. So Rome forced the money on on some of these nations that they conquered, and then the same guys that, that introduced the money would become the tax collectors, and they'd be authorized to then re- recoup their loans to the, to the to the government, like like in Rome, way back in Rome. And uh, but uh, and they would become the tax collectors to get to collect money and regain their their loans, you see, and profits. And that's a long, long, long story, up to the present time, isn't it? So there's nothing new under the sun, as I say, except the tricks are change names quite often it's to deceive the people. Emotion is always used to deceive the people. And wars, same with wars, unless you're directly attacked, and it's, and it's self-evident. That's the difference between the, the U.S. Constitution as an example of what, what was new and novel. was when they came out with, with the, the Constitution, they said in it that which is self-evident, as opposed to being demanded by forces outside themselves or above them or whatever in, in, in society. Uh, you had laws which were self-evident. Yeah. They weren't giving folk rights and freedoms. These rights and freedoms were self-evident. They were yours anyway. They simply gave credence to, to, to their acknowledgement of these pre-existing rights and freedoms. As if the first time it had been done. And as soon as you say it, and Franklin said it too, you know, what they've given us, they said, what, what have you given us? And, and he says, a, a republic, if you can keep it. 
Because they knew, as soon as you say, power never stops. And those who want power never stop either. It's already on the go, for goodness sake. So, again, there's nothing new under the sun. And then, even then, there was an agenda by the founders, obviously, who used all the occultic symbologies. And I've got amazing old encyclopedias that are falling apart here. Written in the late 1700s, some of them. And they show you the, even the, the, the tokens that they use for money and script and things like that before they, they brought in the currencies. And they're all Masonic symbols and currencies. And then all the different uh, offerings from different founders and, and, mem- and people associated with the founders to, to draft up the great seals. All kinds of them. It's just astonishing how occultic they were. So, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, as I say. But at least they had, in writing, if nothing else, you had the confirmation of what was already self-evident. They acknowledged that which was self-evident. And nobody else had that. Under Britain, even today, everybody who works for the crown, police, military, gives allegiance to the crown, not to the British people. And the Commonwealth countries, it's the same. At the top is the crown. And that's where the power is, you see. And a coat of arms, that which is at the very top of the, of the, of the coat of arms, whatever's at the very top symbol, rules everything underneath it in that same symbol. There's, there's meaning behind all these things, and that's the only reason why you have to, you, have to, you don't have to go off and, and, and spend your life trying to figure out inner meanings, because they're endless, really. And yeah, you, you, there's a long, long string of them, no doubt about it. Right down to the alphabet and language and numbers and numerology and geometria, etc., etc. Absolutely. But you can also lose yourself in it. Some people do. And you can also lose the ability to communicate to other people directly. Even though I'm perfectly well aware you can be saying something completely different if you don't understand exactly what you're saying. But it used to be far more pronounced because one t- before the computer came along, uh, again, these, these societies used all these different techniques to communicate openly and open places with each other. Absolutely. Even in newsprint, etc. But with, with the internet today... Um, it's so far advanced to do you that advanced even that you see so so far ahead of it now that they don't even need to do all that. You have a whole internet system, a few actual layers of it above what you've got is the normal internet. It's like a band of frequencies that they've got their own frequencies way above it. Yeah, it used to be only the military that had that at one point, and then special agencies and stuff, and international agents. But now it's way above that. They have their own own levels now just for, for elite members. <laughs> yeah. And they can do their own little Zoom things. No one can get into it or find out of it or whatever, or hack into it. So they don't need all these different little, little joking symbologies that they used to use amongst themselves. as they tee-heed and ha-had and haw-hawed at the, at the profane beneath them. And even in their basic Freemasonry, of course, it's a, an elitist thing, which they join if they get in at all levels, even working class and 
didn't used to be working class though, but they had to eventually bring in the working classes because they needed to use them with the promise to help them and, and they, could, they could stand shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye with uh, fellow members of the of higher classes, you know, all that nonsense. But before that, they never, they never used the, the, the working classes at all, the, the profane, and wouldn't let them in. There's one thing you must always remember. You're, you're warned about that in Christianity, to take no oath. Meaning you don't swear allegiance, you see, by this oath or that oath or by that. You, may, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's it, that's all. That's your answer to anything, yes or no. Because once you swear an oath to something, you're under a legal contract. And that's the difference, a big difference in their system is legalities, you see. Legalities. Legal contracts. And then you're under penalties because every legal contract, if broken or, or misused, has penalties. That's how it's done. That's like your taxation or your voting system. You vote in your nations because you've been trained to vote in your, your parents did before you and so on. That's, once one generation succumbs to anything, even if it's temporary, temporary war tax, that's how your income tax started off. It's a temporary war tax. Just like your, your lockdowns are, are temporary lockdowns and they're permanent. You're never to go back to normal, you understand? Uh, maybe 50, 60, 70 years down the road, they'll allow an upcoming generation to have a different system. But they'll be completely vaxxed and passported and probably chipped and everything else. And, and uh, that's how it'll be, folks. But if it's told you it's never going to go back to normal, the vaccinations won't stop you from getting it or even passing it on to other people. So you still have to wear a mask and have lockdowns. So what's the point in having them in? But it's, it's nothing to do with reality. It's a different agenda, as you know. So yeah, if you take if you if you sign on to vote to people, you're giving you're giving authority by uh, these people who say that they're representing the state, whoever that means, because it keeps changing, and they have authority over you and their offices, meaning their police and so on, or or military, or whatever they happen to use against you. Their agents of offices are used against you. Uh, and and you have to go along with it because you void them in you 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 gave allegiance you kind of swore allegiance by giving them a vote to do just that to have, to have authority over you. As I've said so many times, if if voting worked for the people, it would be made illegal. The same agenda continues, regardless of what party you put in. You had a little bit of a a dulling of the agenda for years, slightly on hold in some areas, not completely. The climate accord that, that uh, Trump wisely did, at least said no to, was bypassed all before he got in by the states, making allegiances with other states and the Paris Accord to meet their own agreements with them, regardless of what the federal agencies did. I remember reading articles years ago on that, you know. They've made some uh, allegiances with some of the U.S. states and Canadian provinces to work together on these, and they did work together on it. They didn't care what the governments would do. They would, they would represent themselves and go along with the same agenda. So they just said to the agenda, tell us what you want us to, to agree to, and we'll sign it. 
And so they would say to them, okay, great, great you bring the country on board with this, this, and this, and this. And they said, okay, we will. And that was, that's it. Everyone's rigged. Completely rigged, folks. And those who are on board with rigging and, and accept the rigging <laughs> get well financed. And doors open up, you understand. It's just pure luck. Coincidences happen. You know, favorable coincidences tend to happen rather frequently for the right people. And if, if you are elastic enough, you know, in moralities, then you can do awfully well for yourself. Yeah. That's how things work. Or did you really think that politicians went into politics to, to help people? <laughs> it's, it's like, it wouldn't matter what job you apply to. And they, they've had that in some comedy movies over the years. Especially when jobs are, jobs are hard to get. You know. But you, you see folk going in, in, a, in a comedy movie and they apply to McDonald's or someplace. And why do you want to, in an interview, why do, why do you want to work? Well, I've always dreamed of it since I was a child. All that, you know you're, they're lying. You know. we'll, 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 we'll chuckle along with the same lie, you see. But it's the same with the police. And you'll, you'll, you'll see young recruits or potential recruits being, being interviewed. What, why do you want to join the police? I want to help people. You know? And that's not why they go and want to wear a uniform and wear a black gear and have all that stuff hanging around their waist there, all this weaponry. They don't go to help. You don't wear combat boots to go and help people. For you. Combat boots are for, for, for booting folk. That's what you use them for. <laughs> I want to help people. <laughs> You're dressed like a like, like a middle aged executioner, you know. So folk of course folk lie for the jobs, you know. And and folk do apply for certain jobs for for, for, for you know, because they like power or the feeling of power. And if you have if you wear the badge of the state in all ages, even before so called democratic systems, where it was blatant royalty running everything. Uh, it was the same characters who became the henchmen of the or the king's men. Of course, it was same personality types. We're here to help the people. You know, give us your pigs and your and your uh, want ten pigs for taxes and twenty five chickens from you. You know, or else we chop your heads off. We're here to help the people. Uh, I've mentioned before history. Uh, overall, is, is kind of a horror show. But in between it, you've had kind of periods of relative peace here and there in different countries across the world, where you might get 25 years of nothing much happening in your little neck of the woods, when they didn't have planes and big ships to take over armies and so on, you know. And you didn't get a tyrant who just wanted everything he owned. So, of course, and people have a, a, a tremendous ability, especially those who are really oppressed, People, nations that are really oppressed end up having a great sense of humor. They do. And that's what gets you through things. You, you laugh at things, you know. No matter how ridiculous, and sometimes it's the ridiculous of, of everything that makes you laugh. How ridiculous can it be? Huh? That's what you do. And that's what pulls you through. And you can often tell that from, from nations where you've had so much oppression. They have tremendous sense of humor, eventually. So you're living through an amazing agenda. Most folk don't know it. People crack up trying to get all their family members to go along with them and accept it. Don't do it. Don't do it. As I say, they can't. It's not their fault they can't. 
They can't. Something's happened in them. I've mentioned how indoctrination is like a vaccination. The terms they use with vaccination, it'll take or it won't take, and it'll work or it won't. It'll take off in the system, supposedly, and give you antibodies. That's the theories behind the old vaccines. But, and it was just debatable, too. But regardless, that's the terms that you use. It was the same with, with your indoctrination. Most folk it didn't just get it at school. You, all, you get it all through your life. It's called, it's called the perpetual adult education. It took me years to find out what I suspected. When I when we talk about perpetual adult education, this is what was to be the thing of the future, they said in the 70s and the 80s. And I thought, does that mean you're going to have to go to night school forever and ever and ever and just relearn things? No, no. They're talking about life all through your life. You'll get updates on education according to the agenda. And you'll comply with the new updates you'll put in the operation to adapt into the preordained systems and changes in the systems. That's what they meant by it. And I got that from the communist writings and from um, some writings in Britain about the Red Bishop. I think it was his name, Red, Red, Red Bishop, who who uh, promoted all the communistic ideas. But he talked about this lifelong education. And it wasn't until I really dug into it and dug it and eventually found an explanation that that's what they meant. Perpetual indoctrination, upgrading you in preparation for each upgrade in the system itself. So you'll adapt into the new system and then upgrade to the next part, lifelong education. And it will be put across through books, entertainment, media, and of course movies and, and, and things. So that, that's what you get. All the PC updates are embedded in your movies. All the big changes, even in sexuality, all of them, were all promoted and still are through movies first, comedies. Because it's hard to be angry at a comedy or even feel uncomfortable with a comedy, you see. Because the characters that they'll show you for the changes are generally kind of decent, kind of likable goofs, you see. That's who they give you in the comedy movies, the fictional versions, eh? And you adapt into, oh, well, you know, little by little you adapt and adapt and adapt to all the changes until, well, until what? Always remember, you see, practicality and factual and factuality is premised on that statement again. That which is self-evident. The different schools of thought, and we know who they are, they were given permission to create a new culture for the West post-World War II, and for Japan and Germany, but the West definitely. Uh, An umbrella group, all funded, again, to do it, given permission by the presidents of the U.S., as an example, and prime ministers of Britain. They talked about that too, of, of uh, altering society to, to, but they also mentioned they had to basically emasculate a lot of the men to an extent because they had different goals to accomplish. Men generally are the ones that create the they stand up and do the fighting generally. Traditionally, that's always what they've done. Right? Kings and queens never had problems so much with the women; it was the men. Uh, and they would band together rather quickly in times of trouble and cause problems against the crown. In different countries, of course. 
But modern societies, they have a big agendas, which you must get, and with timetables, like I want to get this done in five years, in this part 10, 15, 20 years, you, you have to be pretty sure of pulling off what you want. And you, you're going to have opposition, so you have to have techniques and, and, and ways to neutralize the male input. And what you must do is alter that which is self-evident. And once you bring confusion into that which is self-evident, then you can then you can it creates a little a little chink out of uniformity of thought, a little chink like a little wedge, and then you can bring in more and more things which put apart different parts of that which is self-evident until you're unsure of everything. And as you're becoming more unsure and more unsure of everything. You, you'll destroy the old system. You won't go along with it. You won't. You won't even have children. You're fulfilling someone else's agenda, and you don't even know it because you're complying with it. You'll even turn on yourself eventually. Self-destruct. This is warfare, and people don't know that. But those who wrote the books on how to do it who created the organizations that fomented it, who, who, who had whole publishing companies to put out their material, and had world meetings, many, many per, per year, actually. They knew how to do it. And your governments at the very high levels all understood, at least went along with it. Because most of them are fronts, as I say. You know? Once that which is self-evident right, is put into doubt, then it's easy to stick in another doubt into that wedge that's opened another one until literally you get neutralized, you're out of the picture. You're now disabled, you're out of, you know, you're no problem from then on. You're disabled. That's battlefield, you know. To destroy or disable an enemy, that's what you do. You're conquered. So remember, this is a full-scale war. And it's like any, any war. Uh, the generals and the higher, the higher officers are all trained, whether they stick to it or not, but they're trained to literally not to let emotions get in, in the way of solving problems and continuing. Emotion can break you up, step by little bit by little bit till it breaks you down. And it, it makes you weary and war-tired, war-weary as they called it. And uh, emotions can be your enemy then. And emotions can also be your enemy, as I say, because it opens up a target to the enemy. The very fact you've got a mind and that you're sensitive to, to what's going on and you care about what's happening, what goes on, you're passionate about, about fighting back against it. And they can use that against you by targeting you, you see. And so you have to become like a duck where water just runs off your back, doesn't bother you. Uh, literally doesn't bother you in order to win, succeed. Because it's a very complex war too. It isn't just what you see on the net. Most folk get into the net and they think it's, uh, these, these are the different sides and so on. And they know, eventually they know who's who and so on. But they don't realize there's a lot much, much bigger than all of that. And that even many of the planets that are put out there for them to, to follow or emulate are literally that. And again, it's in the manual of cyber warfare and psyops. It literally is in it. it tell that that's what they do. That's what your government does with your troops and certain divisions of them, 
or, or regiments of them in other countries. Big operations, you know. And these are unconventional tactics, you see. They're not straightforward tactics of just, you wear the white feather in your hat and you all wear the black one and then you go at it. This, this, is, this is real covert stuff and softening up and, and psychological warfare and so on. It's, but it's just it's very effective. And you can disable people just as, just as badly as though you had wounded them physically. Absolutely, until they're disabled. Or they, again, they fall into, you lead them up to the elephant trap and they get so emotional before they carry on. Oh, that's wrong, that's terrible, we should do something about that. And they fall into it and <laughs> they're deplatformed. And, uh, and they're, they're sued and silly and so on. Or they're charged with different kinds of um, new types of crimes and things like that. It's all deliberate. That's how it's done, you see. Standard stuff. So we're very, very careful uh, out there, as I say, and uh, it's, it's almost like uh, I can, there's lots of examples of it. And throughout your life, you get more and more people who, who fall into the traps and then they become victims of it. And they, they, all get, all, all get targeted. You're definitely on a list. You'll be targeted if you start speaking out about what you, what you think is the truth or perceive as a truth and injustice. But uh, it's like that great Barrington coalition that they had. I don't know if it's still on the go or not, with some of the doctors or uh, and so on. But that when the woman was was on, when the woman that were in it was on, and she said that that she couldn't believe the vitriolic hate that got spewed her way. She didn't think that people were even capable of just going like that and turning on her like that. Well, she doesn't even get it yet. It's probably mainly the cyber warriors, by the government's agencies and military that that, that did it. <laughs> That's what they do. And if, she's, if you're sensitive enough, like she was, obviously, she took it all as real, she'll feel flattened that, that they hate it. Oh, they hate me so much for what I'm try, trying to do. And they say, oh, I'll be guilty for killing people, lots of people, because of what we're telling them and so on. And, and there'll be deaths on my head because of the, the, the anti-vaxxers and all this kind of stuff. Said, this is how they, get, they go for you. And and if she believed it all, she'd start breaking it. She couldn't believe Well, that's that that wasn't for ordinary people. It doesn't come from ordinary folks out there. A coordinated and sustained massive attack like that, you see. That's exactly what the cyber warriors do. As I say, the other ones, if you're a bit more clever, they'll try and infiltrate you. Sometimes it'll take years. Well, just like any other war, you know, like sleepers, they call them sleepers. Well, they try to do the same kind of thing in cyber warfare as well. So you be so careful in this day and age not to, to succumb to, to name-calling eh? and vitriolic attacks because it it's worse out there than you think. It is worse. I could give you lots of stories, but I won't because it, 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 I could mention some of the dirtiest tricks you'd imagine even within the, what is called the, used to be called the Patriot Community or the leaders of them. But I won't either because they might call it sour grapes. You know, the followers would. So there's no point talking about it. But um, there really isn't. And again, why detract from what you're really, you're really here for, which is to, to really do what you do, rather than getting caught up. And this is a, another tactic they'll use too. They'll try and tie you up and answering charges to whatever 
which are bogus or fake or just make any difference. It's not like they can tie you up with it until so much of your time would be devoted in trying to defend yourself against something which didn't harm. Uh, that you're, again, you're disabled. This is, these are all operative techniques that they use. I hope you understand that. So don't even get any squabbles about things. Think of the bigger war that's going on. Be aware of the characters involved in different areas. But definitely, um, yeah, don't, don't fall into the elephant traps that are laid out for you to, be, to disable you and to get you out of the picture. That's how it, this, this stuff they teach in their manuals. I, I can imagine what their schools are like in, in the military for this, see? Because they go into more depth and give them lots of examples, and you'll get young, cocky recruits coming in that uh, they think it's all just fun and they get arrogant, and now they get to get back doors into folks' lives, and, and they, can, they can screw around with them and laugh at them as, as the people stumble and fall and. And wonder what's happening to their service and yada yada yan, you know. Ha ha ha, aren't we clever? And you saw that too, and this is standard what happens. You end up with tyranny. Government shouldn't be employing these characters in training that we do this anyway. But, but the lives of others. The movie was was really good with the Stasi in East Germany, which a lot of, and this is a, a lot of it was copied after East German Stasi, which was very efficient in what it did. It had so many people in the, in the state bugged. It had thousands of operatives and assets. They, they blackmailed the public to become assets. They even had. <laughs> you, you got to understand how devious power and systems are. You've got to really understand, even in your systems, it's been on the go in your own systems long before most of this trouble came to the attention of most people. It really is. Just because it's quietened down a bit here and there, or it was quieter, then didn't mean it wasn't, of course it was going on. Absolutely. But in the Stasi system, they, they would do street theater, they'd set up little, little Scenarios, if they wanted you to, to, to work voluntarily for them. But they were pretty sure that you maybe wouldn't voluntarily. So what they'd do is they'd do a setup and, and you'd walk into your usual, usual routine every day. You walk into the store, you buy a coffee or cigarettes or whatever it happened to be by them. And, um, and when you walk in this one day, some kind of thing is said rather loudly by a customer. Who, who now, now he's recent. This, this state stinks. Our, our government is evil. Blah blah blah. You see, now it was your duty as a citizen to report such a thing from happening. So they'd have the people there, and, and it's a setup, right? The person was there to do like an actor, and uh, you were to be the the target. You were with an earshot, and then they'd, they'd, they'd wait and see if you would rush off to tell the authorities of this, this comrade out there, what, what he'd said and done, or not. And if he didn't, he'd be approached, you know. Well, it's been a report to us that you were present at the, at, when this outburst was made by a, a dissident and so on, and yada, yada, yada. Why didn't you report it, comrade, yada, yada. Well, you know, you might have to work it off for us. We, we need you to do this job for us. And so you become an informant for a while, you see. Or else you went to prison for not informing about a, a treasonous act to just by a dissident, which was just saying something, you know. What we're talking about, we used, to call, we used to call it, you know, totalitarian tyranny in those systems. And it's all here now. 
It's all here, folks. You've got so many agencies authorized to check every everything you say every day on the phone, any kind of phone, on the internet. And uh, well, I said they've got virtual use set up everywhere. Virtual use, where the Pentagon, remember from their own article from a few years ago, said that for everybody in America, we have we have a virtual view. <laughs> And they update it automatically from all your sources to add to your profile. And they could do little scenarios, run them on you, putting you, your virtual you in particular, going through scenarios in everyday life and settings and things that would happen and to see how you'd react to them. And they said that the virtual you was so perfected, they could pretty well predict what you would do in real life if they set you up to do it, how you would react and behave and what you'd do. This is your free. This is the system you vote for. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In your own country now, it literally, the true definition of fascism, you know, remember, was a system, a totalitarian system, an elitist system where they brought in elites to run you. They didn't, have, they didn't have to be an ethnic group, by the way, running you, or a pure race or anything like that. It was a, it was a superior, what they believe is a superior group over you with their own uh, system of beliefs, basically. And the beliefs can be just that they are superior and they had the right to rule over you and they belong to the right clubs or the right agency, whatever they joined, whatever, whatever their background that they came from and family backgrounds. So they were superior to you. You see, and they would they would they would preside over all all business and government. So it was a coalition basically, and they would decide what how the, you would get raised if you get born, and as I say, what you would do in life. And you had that from school to work idea too. There's common issues which are adopted in the states eventually at one point. And before you know it, you're you're under that same tyrannical system where they they tell you what you've got to do. Even your body, you don't own your body. The state owns your body for the greater good. Everyone works for the state. You're all getting paid to stay home. Huh? Ding, ding, ding. What, what does that mean? Like centralization of government, communism, collectivism, blah, blah, blah. And government authorizes which businesses can stay open. And it also authorizes what manufacturers' products are going to get pumped into your body that you better take. This is beyond any fascism, but it's worse. Yeah, we've already got the euthanasia that the Nazis got blamed for. The Nazis copied it and said, and Hitler said in his own diaries or books that they copied it. They congratulated the states for for, for pioneering it and and uh, Britain too, but for sterilizing the people, etc. Of course, they were doing that there. Cold Spring Harbor and all the rest of it, eh? and the Rockefeller Foundation for Better American Families. Eugenics, eh? What would we do with the poor unfortunates? Well, sterilize them. And they weren't just sterilizing. A lot of them simply died of mysterious, you know, illnesses or maybe bad reactions to things. Eh? That's the harsh realities of life, folks. It's not a pretty picture of the past. And the only joy comes from individuals, but they're in their small groups of friends, and so that's where you get joy, you know even amongst these horrible times. 
because there's a lot of evil out there. And you've got to understand, I mentioned this term resolute so many times before. Resolute is something that comes when nothing is going to ever change the course of events, that people become resolute who, who are the perpetrators. Even if you're on what is a, a good side, right? Uh, and, and you're going to go out there and fight a battle. Don't get in the way of people who, who have no option now but to go and fight that battle. Don't get in their, in their path because they are resolute. You'll see it in their faces. But you'll see that same resolute behavior amongst tyrannical, corrupt politicians and operatives. In the States, mainly it's, it's, throughout the whole year, you've had incredible displays as it went after Trump. It's astonishing to see the vitriolic hate and, and the complete sworn allegiance to one agenda, regardless of how ridiculous or falling apart it would be or how shredded it was or full of holes. Made no, that was resolute lying. That's dangerous. They're dangerous people when you see that. Very, very dangerous. It's the same characters are resolute, as I say, uh, uh, to come and kill you maybe, or people like you. That's what they've done before. The first thing the Bolsheviks did, round up all the folk who, who, who disagreed with them, just round, and annihilate them, you know. Don't even bother with re-education camps for most of them. Just kill them all. That's what they did. They let every country they went into, Poland and so on, they did the same thing with a whole... They, they boasted in, this, in, in Russia, we have eliminated a whole class of people and had a party about it, Trotsky and the rest of them. And replaced that class with themselves, by the way. And when you, you, you hear certain people in the States saying the same thing, and they're in power of the so-called Democrat Party in the U.S. now, saying similar things that they mustn't ever let, uh, anyway, what they, call, they call the, the, what they call the right wing get in again, which really is just the ones who are basically back to the Constitution. If it's not the Constitution you're under, what are you under? It's some other system, obviously. And of course it is. They said they want to eliminate the Constitution, eradicate it, you know, an end run, an end run, do an end run around the Constitution, run head it head on. A CFR member said that. You can find it out there. That I've said it many times before. So and then yeah, and they want to round up people and go after them. You've had Congress people saying it recently. Same thing. You know who they are. You know, you guys have been in the military. You know what to do. This is dangerous times, indeed. It's repetition, isn't it? But that's what you're seeing about resolute. You're seeing murderous intent being displayed openly. Murderous intent. And that's called resolute. They'll, 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 that old saying that they'll either ha is, is stay together or swing together, you know, if they, because if, if, if they if they back up, if they get weakened and overthrown, uh, what are you going to do with these folk who decided to destroy an economy of a country and the planet? This is COVID. It's nothing with COVID. You don't lock down the healthy folk under any disease. This is the whole sustainability agenda, as I've said for, for the beginning of this thing. Ram through on it. What would you do with them 
if you could bring all these people and put them on trial with evidence that they all colluded to do that, this for other reasons. Eh? What would you do with them? Well, you see, those on the left wing have already decided what they're all going to do with you if you're not part of their agenda for communism. Same kind of thing. Same thing. And they're being vocal about it. <laughs> and no one's stopping them, which tells you they're operating on behalf of the so-called deep state, which is massive international CIA organization with all the other groups of other nations on board with them. That's what it is. The ones that say they're back on track now, they've got Biden and, well, really? And it doesn't matter about vote fraud. Makes no difference who comes forward. Again, even the ones who've come forward who had their lives threatened for exposing what they witnessed, people who worked in these sorting stations for votes and so on. Some of them have been attacked physically. And who's investigating it? Nobody, as far as I know. The courts won't touch it. It tells you they're stacked. There's a power that exists that no one's going to go against here. It's very much like um, you get all these these little sayings that are parroted in traditional, real or mythological history. <laughs> some of them are true, some of them are verified, other ones aren't, you know. They become kind of urban legend or myths and so on. Because people like to have justice done, even going back and looking at history. So you either, you either have deathbed confessions that never happened from tyrants, as an example. I'd one from, I remember reading about Bertrand Russell, who, oh, what an arrogant psychopath, this guy. But he came from a family of them, a eh? long lineage of them. Uh, but yeah, he was arrogant as could be about useless eaters and how science had the right to rule and decide. And he, he he's the one who said that if there was to be a tyranny that would come and, re and replace this obsolete system, he said he'd rather be a scientific tyranny. And that's what you've got now under the cover or the guise of science where you're told not to question professionals by Fauci. Eh? Remember he said that? How dare you little people question things? You just Your brains are too tiny to understand it. There's nothing complex about it, believe you me. The human body is it. The basic human body is what is it's a machine. But now you just don't understand these things, you know. But anyway, yeah, that's how Bertrand Russell was too. And he was quite blatant about the agenda for depopulation and useless eaters. He called them that, you know. And the fact you need a bubonic plague every generation or two to keep the population down. That's what he said in his own books. And how you'd always grab the children and uh, train them. The state would train them for new, the new moralities and the, the new values of the state. That's what he said in his writings. He worked with experimental schools early on too, and was given permission. No other schools could do the kind of things, but create new moralities, sexual and otherwise. In the 1920s, as an example, he was given permission to do experiments like that. To see what they could do to alter the behavior of children who would then become adults, you see. He was really using the same technique they were using in Russia under Pavlov, and Pavlov's techniques were used. It wasn't just dogs he was torturing. He was doing the same thing in the schools for behavior modification of children. 
They even had super boxes on the on the tabletops of the teachers' desks, you know, or table on their on their desks. Uh, they literally put a, a frequency that was designed to to make the children more passive and put them into almost almost a subliminal state or of reception and topics and so on. This is a fact, folks. They had it right up until I don't have to tell you, but they, they had it right up until even Waco happened because during Waco. I don't know if anyone remembers it. Some professionals from Russia came over and went to, to Canada first with with their ideas, and then down to the states. And they proposed to use their technology on the inhabitants inside the house at Waco. They said they could literally put them in a, in a almost a hypnotic state with their technologies, which they had used in classrooms for years. I'm not kidding you. This was in the papers. Eh? They had exposés and it was in the magazines about it. This is the technotronic stuff that, uh, on a literally on a more focused local level or small level, that Brzezinski was talking about in the 1970s in this chapter, the technotronic era. He says we could put frequencies across entire nations if we want to. That was then. That meant they knew it worked, (laughs) they tried it. It would alter the behavior or making people are passive or aggressive or whatever, or even tired by certain frequencies. It's way more advanced now, of course, as they can, it's so micro, they know exactly different, they've mapped the whole brain in, in the different frequency wavelengths of different parts of the brain. That was the human brain project that Obama's group was doing. Even Sunstein was involved to an extent in that for. It wasn't because they wanted to look at pretty pictures. No, it was because they could want to find out how you can more preferably manipulate the people predictably. Hmm? Of course, that's what it was for. So, as I say here, yeah, anyway, getting back to what we're talking about, the, you understand you're, you're living in a kind of horror show in a sense, and your own governments, long before the recent, you know, admissions to all they're up to and what they plan for the next few years, they've been doing a lot of this stuff all along on you and you don't even know it. Don't know it. Hmm? You don't know it. But in Russia, that's what they had and that's why Eleanor Roosevelt was so impressed with Russian children. They so disciplined when she went over to see her. Her hero, she says, Pavlov, the man who was making the, bre- the breakthroughs for behavior modification and and altering reflexive action and responses to make people more predictable. And the children, he says, but they they went to school, they were kind of solemn and but well-behaved in uniform, no laughing and shouting and and playing and and tagging each other and chasing each other. No, no. He says, but she was so impressed because of that. She preferred that technique as opposed to watching the, the American children laughing and playing around, fooling around on the way to school. Yeah. And of course, FDR's whole staff, you know, Hopkins, a whole bunch, they're all pretty well communists. Some of them were car- carrying communists. And don't forget, it was Wall Street that put him in. So again, here's this thing, with big money in communism, big money, it's much more efficient. Well, Mr. Trudeau in Canada says that too. Do you tell the folk what to do? And they do it. You don't have to bother about individual rights and individuality. It's just an awful nuisance, that, you know. Yeah. 
but there you go. It's coming to a head now as they as rush through ahead into the nexus, the next phase of the system of the planned uniform society. Obviously. Post-consumerist society, as I've said before, many times. You're put from a manufacturing base through free trade agreements, all drafted by the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs, all drafted up, all the agreements, and planned by them, implemented by them, and, and, their, and their branches, they're the technocrats, you know, all working together to make it all happen. We didn't get a vote on anything to do with that. And they got rid of your industry, and then you're, you're left with a service economy. Where you import everything and sell it from one hand to the next seller to the next hand to the next seller. That's what selling's all about. But you're not making anything. All planned ahead, way ahead in advance. Every U.S. senator was involved on board with that agreement. You know, same in Canada, the states, and same everywhere else. Because they serve a higher God, <laughs> who tells them, which tells them, this is why you go to vote, Sonny, or Madam. And they do. And they all know it. It's like going back again to, I think it was uh, Wilson, President Wilson. And again, these, these myths and legends that the Parliament was mentioned earlier. But he did, he, he, apparently, and Mandel House hinted at this too in his own, his own memoirs. He said that, uh, because, because Mandel House really took the, the, he liked to take the credit for really getting the guys together for agreeing on the banking system, the true Jekyll Island idea, a federal reserve, a federal banking system. And, and uh, they used Wilson, and Wilson, he said, well, everybody said that Wilson loved to hear himself talk a lot. So much so, folk would get bored with him, and he'd yawn, and he was a big talker, a, a tremendous ego. So he'd stroke his ego, and he would he'd get Wilson to do what you wanted him to do, basically. And it's said that after Wilson got the Federal Reserve in, and it was used immediately for his purpose, which was they got World War One on the go, they got involved in World War One. And they sent American troops abroad, took a lot of money, so you just borrow from the new central bank system. And and they've got guaranteed payment, because now you've got to set up the same system as Britain, that goes way back to Roman times too. Uh, the money lenders set up the system, they lend to the government for their escapades and, and their conquests, and then they give themselves the right to tax it off the, the general population to pay off the debt. And that's what you got with the Federal Reserve. And then up comes the comes your, your internal revenue service system, you see, which is a great story too. Even the photographs of the one in Maryland is quite fascinating if you noticed it. And um, it's the same system as ancient times. That's not coincidental. And so Wilson supposedly said he'd, he'd, he'd he's maybe... He's ruined the country. So this is what they do. You know, they'll say, this is what he said towards the end of his life. He, I think I've ruined my country. Before he said it or not, we'll never know. We'll never really know. They tried to say the same with Bertrand Russell, as I say, who, who literally is a tyrant himself. But a psychopathic like him would never repent. He had no need to repent. On his deathbed, he, no, no, no way. It's maybe better to take the, the views expressed in the novels, especially the one that was Coningsby by Benjamin Disraeli 
And he was put into the British government by Rothschild because he pretty well owned the government by then uh, through other wars and escapades and so on. And so he put Benjamin Disraeli in, who was really a novelist and a progressive one. He, you know, he got touched back then from being a bit too gauche, as you said. Or some of them said fast, a bit fast, you know, gauche or explicit, put it that way, in certain areas. But anyway... Benjamin Disraeli did in Coningsby have uh, in the, the novel, you know, the fictional novel version of it. He said that the people who rule behind the scenes are vastly different from the ones you think are there doing it. So it gives you a lot of little clues of how things worked in reality. Of course, that's how it really is, even then. Yeah. Absolutely. As, as, again, you even have that. You see, you have the precursors of, say, MI5 and MI6 in Britain, your discreet service is still there, by the way. You know, there's another higher level there. And they used to only recruit from aristocracy and nobility. For centuries, really. You know? Down through time, if you look into the... And Britain's a good example, because they write a lot more history about themselves, boasting about it at times. Russia does some of it, too. The communist groups write about themselves quite op- openly to or copiously because like, they enjoy the limelight. But they, they, they talked about the just men, like the just men society. Or, and they, you had all these plays and fictional versions came out like the four just men. And, but you had that with Karl Marx and these kind of groups. They claimed that they were on the this, this side, side of right, you know, for society. But in reality, when you see the, the, the Bolsheviks get in Russia, I mean, it was like unleashing a, a, a shoal of piranha on, on a, a horse swimming across a river. Uh, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. The the, the, the ferocity of uh, the Bolsheviks and slaughtering people is just amazing. A hatred, built-in hatred, incredible. And, and absolutely no affiliation with the people that were slaughtering at all. So you've you, you got to understand that there's a tremendous evil in the world. There's no doubt about it. It's tremendous evil. And when it becomes resolute, you you better understand that they mean business, and you're looking at the potential horror coming down the pike. Absolutely, absolutely, I'm telling you, they won't tolerate democracy. They won't tolerate uh, different opinions. Absolutely, no way whatsoever. I'm telling you, the folk don't realise what's happening here, and this is the transition. This is the same transition that, that say, Bush, Bush Senior, George Bush, yeah, when he was president, talked about with his New World Order coming into view, more just and equal. And what do you get from the World Economic Forum? Oh, be a more just and equal society, redistribution of the goods. Wasn't that a communist manifold? It's not strange, it's all the same. Eh? But, of course, what they're really telling you is the redistribution of all, all your goods. <laughs> They are going to lose in at the top. They'll acquire more and more. But you all must go into utter poverty and austerity and be utterly dependent on the state. That's what it's about, folks. Cutting through matrix.com. Remember, go into it. Send a few bucks my way. It's very important. Keep me ticking along as we go through this craziness. And if you want, you can buy the boots and discs there too, or just straight donations. And how to do it is on the site, cutting through matrix.com. PayPal, personal check, cash is fine. Uh, MoneyGram works too. 
And uh, as I say, let me know if there's any other ways to get get money to me as we go through all the big changes that are happening right now. So yeah, you're living through an amazing agenda that was planned years ago, long, long time ago, actually. The whole bigger plan was planned long before you were born or your parents were born, even your grandparents were born. The world to come. Absolutely. And with the techniques of indoctrination, they knew they could pull it off. You youngsters in the streets now that, that, that are following uh, the, the rioters for the so-called anti-fascists, the leaders are all, are all trained and they know what they're there for. They get well-funded. But the followers really think they're going to bring in some better world. Well, where do they think they're going to get? Did they think the, the system they're going to bring in, is this going to hand them cash for the rest of their lives or something? And keep them all around as pets. Yeah. You better start thinking here. Get out of the emotion. And stop blaming everybody else that you've been trained to hate. You don't realize you've been trained to hate your targets. And if all ability for even basic, basic self-preservation meaning growing food or what is taken from you by law, you're then you're totally dependent on the masters, which is pure feudalism. I don't care what the way I call it. Feudalism is feudalism. I mentioned it before, Quigley said it many times in his books, you know. The new system that's coming in, the Council on Foreign Relations, the establishment, you know. Anybody who's anybody at all in the U.S. system of media, education, they're all members of the CFR. You can't join it. You have to be asked if you want to join it. You're tapped, in a sense. And they, they, they abide by the opinions expressed by the masters above them. Because there's a, and they're in a group, like Quigley said, too. And uh, the same when he was talking about the one in Britain, under the Milner Group, which was a, became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. You have an inner party and outer party. That's what George Orwell used in 1984. And yes, if you serve the outer party, you'd be well rewarded and live well as you screw everybody else underneath you. They're all on board with it. That's how it really works, folks. But get the children. That's what Russell said. And those ones are in the streets now. And there may be late teens, maybe up to 25, mainly. The older ones are about 30. They're old. They've all been trained with the same sustainability agenda uh, and the Save the Planet agenda. Oh, the, the previous generation is destroying the planet and destroying everything. They're, they're to blame for everything. They're, they're to blame for the fact I don't have enough money in my pocket. That's what they think, too. It's the, the very ones they're serving as when you put them into utter... Dependent poverty. And they can't figure it because they're indoctrinated with the Pavlovian techniques again. That the FDR's wife talked about. Eleanor Roosevelt. That she loved so much. So effective, you know. The same techniques that Beria talked about, the police chief at one point. In Russia, in the 30s of indoctrinating children perfectly step by step, stage by stage throughout their life in preparation for what they want them to experience in their adulthood. (laughs) 
things that hadn't even happened yet. You were prepared in advance for them, and you didn't even know it. Isn't that clever? No, you admit it. Evil, this evil, can be admired for the for the, for the ability to for such far sightedness, in and using techniques of very effective techniques of evil. And Russell, better and Russell said the same thing. He says, we, we, huh? Who's we? He says, we used to think that we'd have to take the children from the parents. And, and, and the state would rear them to get the state's values, the values that the state wanted those children to grow up and have. But now with techniques, he said, scientific techniques being perfected, we now know we can leave the parents to, to support the child economically, house feed them and, and clothe them and so on. Because, because with techniques we can use now the state, we can indoctrinate them into having the state's values and morals. So effectively, he said, that parental input after school would, would be of no effect. They would train their children to actually despise the parents when they tried, the parents tried to intervene or even help with homework. We've all experienced that. They'd look with disdain at you, like, oh, you're, they've been trained, you see, to look upon, you're, you're out of it, you, you, you know. Only their, only their teachers are the ones they'll listen to and believe. They've been trained. And all their values come from the state. Why didn't so many conflicts in the home? Very biblical too. How they they can always they always knew in the Bible. It's been done before, obviously, by ancient civilizations. How they, how they could use children to turn against their parents. Nothing new under the sun. They say, just the digital techniques, perhaps. Say. Powers of the air, you might say. Now we know. <laughs> from the media, you know, what they're putting out to the public, that they have to, you know, get any credit, you know, credence at all from the public's viewpoint to the media. They have to give you occasional bits of truth when it's really so bad and severe, you know. And never mind all the massive lying the media's been continuously doing for a long time, even before COVID, by the way. So it's been awful. They were out of business for years when the internet came in. You know, who, who wanted to read their, their rubbish, their guff, as we say, you know. Or hogwash, good term, hogwash. And so the government's been paying them for years because you need the government needs them there because they are authoritative sources, you know? so they can always use them against the people. Basically, here's the here's the unified opinion you've all got to have, and the conformity opinion, and this is it, and there have no other gods before them. This is our point of view, and that's the one you must accept, or you'll be naughty and banned, etc. But they've been paying them for years because they were they, they were bringing in the money. Who was looking at newspapers for years? I mean, except maybe financial market papers or magazines, things like that. That's about it. Yeah. Or specialty ones like woodworking or metalwork or whatever it happens to be. I don't really know if they have, have them even in paper form anymore. But anyway, newspapers themselves were losing it because folk turned off and they were far more interested in the internet itself. Or chatting to each other, for instance. But last week I mentioned, for as an example of the 
the cons that go on, you know, because everything ties into the complete shutdown of society. And I've mentioned it for months and months. I've mentioned the warfare tactics of this, where and, and economic warfare is one of the biggest things you do in, in, in war. If you can shut off the economy of a nation, it collapses with, without, you know, Harry firing a shot. Generally, it collapses when nothing moves. Folk are more, they're more worried about where the next meal is coming from, you know, or the money for the meal, or the currency or exchange, whatever it is that they're going to use to get the meal. And so the whole system collapsed. They're not going to be stand up for a government that's allowed all this to happen, you see. So, so that's what you do in, in warfare. You stop everything from working and from manufacturing, from selling to getting produced to, to whatever. Collapse it. And they did it with one fell swoop, as I've mentioned before. And immediate bang, that was it. Government borrows the money, and then they tell you after, you're in trillions of dollars in debt now, trillions, and we're borrowing more. You're never going to get underneath this, get out from underneath this, never, folks. Even though it's all a farce. And any government could come in, literally write a, a, a check, send it off to the characters that pretend to send you digits on a computer for money. <laughs> And into your central banking system, just write a check to them or put some digits in there. There you are, here's the digits back for you, because that's all they're passing around, isn't it? They can make it a thin air, so can you, you can pay off the debt with something a thin air too. But yeah, we're, we're living through this, through this incredible farce, and you have to realize what it's all, all about. It's much, much bigger than COVID. COVID's the excuse, but they will not back off their resolutes, their, their chins are out there, they've got that fixed fanatical expression in their faces when you see them together. They're hostile because they know that they're on the line if this falls apart. They know that. That's when folk are dangerous, you know. That's where tyrants become more dangerous. They never back off and say we're sorry or we're wrong or we, we were misled. They might try misled and things like that, but that's... But right at the start, oh no, they'll, they'll, they'd rather you all died, some of them, than ever come out and tell the truth. Government has a hard time telling the truth in any situation, even when they've nothing to hide, which is not very often. But, but with this severity of things that are going on, they've all colluded across the planet. They're all on board at the same time. Why do we have in different countries if they're all under one system? What is this one system? If it's a system under democracy, how come we don't get to vote on it when it affects our lives and collapses of your businesses and your economies and everything? How come? Well, they're resolute, the chins are out, and they're going to turn the forces loose on you if you ask these questions. Last week I mentioned the techniques are used normally anyway, with vaccine programs. Now, they've had problems in the past with a stage, a particular stage of vaccines. They give it to the so-called paid volunteers. But then, once you've given it to them, you're supposed to give a, a challenge test to them. Where you're, you challenge them with the wild, real virus. That's how you really know if it works, you see. More importantly, you see, it isn't, it's never difficult, they, they claim, and all the countries will tell you the same thing. Oh, our vaccine got an immediate antibody response. You know, 
within 24 hours. And so this is, they'll all say the same things. Every vaccine that's ever been done before has said, said the same things. They, 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 they laud themselves since they generally write their own reports. And uh, and, and they're going to be, all, be awfully incredibly rich by it too. But anyway, then they're supposed to give a certain bit, bit of time for it to build up in the body, you know, the immune system to build up antibody, and then give it a challenge test with wild virus, the actual real thing. Because that's really, the, that is the test, you see. That is the true test. That's your proof of anything. Uh, and uh, uh, would it fight off and stop you getting the, the disease? Hmm? Uh, but more importantly, through past experiences, and even with the last, some of the flu shots, that's such horrific, even the swine flu, flu, flu one too, horrific reactions with, with with the lungs being invaded with cytokine storm, where the the body now sees gets utterly hostile towards the wild, real virus, and everything in your body gears up immediately. Everything, every part of your defense system goes into action to try and defeat it. Storms to the lungs generally, since the entry path is to the lungs and the nasal passages and lungs. And overwhelms your system, enlarges the tissues in your lungs, not of your tissue. Makes them very delicate. Indeed, you might have hemorrhaging and so on. And that's why they, when they put in those ventilators down here, they can burst them with that, that increased pressure. It's too dangerous to give them that. And I said that at the beginning too. And anyway, your body's overreacted to everything, you see. Overreacted completely to something. And it can kill you. You see. And they know that because, and so many different, uh, more recent vaccination studies and trials, they've had that happen. And so the answers I said last week to the, this particular problem is not to give them the challenge tests with the wild virus. Just take their word for it that it works. Well, wait a minute here. Isn't it better to, to, to watch if there's bad reactions in the small test group? that you're using, as opposed to saying, oh, we won't bother with it until you end up with millions millions of people getting this, maybe with terrible adverse effects. Isn't that the whole point of challenge trial? Well, we're not going to do it, says Fauci, with the trial. It wouldn't be fair on the young people we're using. Is Well, it wouldn't be pay- fair if they put this stuff out here and you got massive adverse reactions on millions of people. You see, there's something wrong here when they're not following their own <laughs> protocols. Eh? And it says, in the early days of COVID-19 pandemic, tens of thousands of young volunteers offered to risk their health by letting scientists intentionally infect them with the pandemic coronavirus, hoping to speed the hunt for a vaccine or treatment. Several research groups announced plans to run these so-called human challenge trials, even though some scientists questioned whether they could be conducted ethically. Yeah. Now, with recent news that conventional human trials have produced several promising vaccines, and they always say that, they always say, yeah, we produce antibodies. No, that's not the whole point of it, you see. Scientists are debating whether planned challenge trials are still needed. In the U.S., one nascent effort is on hold. In the United Kingdom, however, researchers say they are moving ahead. There are still many strong arguments for pursuing challenge trials, say immunologist Christopher Chew of Imperial College London, leader of the proposed U.K. trial. 
In traditional human trials, researchers give volunteers either a vaccine or a placebo, then wait months or longer for enough cases to emerge to gather statistically rigorous results. By the way, I'll I'll put up a a YouTube as well, which shows you that uh, it's by, by Big Tree. Which shows you from the CDC, actually, and the FDA as well, they've got these two um, uh, lists of, of signs and symptoms and things and so on. But it actually shows you that in the trials that they've done in the States, as an example, maybe elsewhere too, they said that what they've found, See, reactions often happen, like the bad, not the long, long-term reactions can take years, by the way. Generally, it's where you have 10 years to work on a vaccine to work out all the long-term effects. It can take years before things show, right down to genetic defects that will alter their alterations. Anyway, Big Tree shows you from their own sources that they're not starting to note, they don't start to note side effects from the from the from the media aspect of all, until I think two weeks after they were given the shot, because see most immediately bad problems happen within twenty four hours of the shot, for, and for a few days, so they're waiting two weeks before they even start to note to note record side effects. So the worst immediate reactions are already over; they've not been recorded. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a bit deceptive, folks? But I'll put up that that link to him uh, talking about it as a video, and it shows you some of the stuff from their own their own trial techniques and so on. Back to this article here that I mentioned last week, and it says challenge trials can move faster by first vaccinating volunteers and then intentionally exposing them to SARS-CoV-2 in a controlled setting, and then then monitor uh, the, the volunteers for days or weeks. It says. But again, they won't start. They won't tell you in this one for about two weeks tomorrow. But challenge trials are also rife with ethical concerns. For example, because there are no reliable treatments for severe COVID nineteen. You get the point. There are no reliable treatments for severe COVID nineteen. People who volunteer to test a vaccine could die if they get sick. Now remember, the folk that they're testing have all been given incredible medical goings over beforehand, eh? They're the healthiest, youngest, and so on. The young aren't supposed to even really experience any problems with getting the real virus. Huh? So there's some going on here when they say, so, so they're just worried about them getting it from the vaccine, see? So medical authorities around the world have adopted a cautious approach. Even one year after the outbreak began, no such trial is underway. No such trial to see how your body reacts to the live virus is underway. They're just going to give it to you all, millions of people. Something stinks here. You don't make mistakes like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't make mistakes like that. This is intentional. If everything was real and above board and the whole thing, about everything, they would have to do the challenge trials on, on the controlled groups. Which they'll, and it's better that a few of them would show it if, if it happens at all than to give it to the whole population. Millions of people. Something's wrong here. They've all decided not to, to, to give them the challenge. Well, what happened? Which, which means everybody who gets the vaccine are going to meet the wild virus. They're all going to come across it over the next few months or years or whatever. So it's going to do, what, take potluck with it or something? 
this doesn't make sense. But this is so. This is an article I'll, I'll put up again. Note: new challenges emerge for planned human challenge trials. They're not going to do them. It says, yeah. at least some of them aren't anyway. Maybe not all of them. So anyway, I'll put this article up again because this is an important article, folks. Oh, I tell you. Mm-mm-mm. Also mentioned in the same article, it's hard to use large trials to determine whether a vaccinated person still sheds the virus. Well, don't forget too, once to give the vaccine, the vaccine to people, they're supposed to be, well, this is a different kind of vaccine, remember, but it definitely has parts of the coronavirus in it. As the Australians have found out recently, <laughs> so so it would shed the virus. You see, so they don't know. They claim they don't know what's going to happen. But these folks would get the virus and then let loose into society, shedding the virus. Same with polio virus. When you're given weakened this and weakened that, it doesn't mean it's dead altogether, and they don't completely kill it. And often you'll find some of them are really active, and they're altered too in such a way they can become very potent, as they found with some of the. The polio, um, oral polio they were giving across India and Africa some years ago. We know who was buying that too. They ended up, and the, the WHO had to admit it eventually, WHO, that uh, had created a new a new strain of, of wild polio virus that hadn't existed before. Anyway, that was a vaccine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you got to start thinking for yourself. But when they're not doing challenge studies by by maybe using a few dozen people, but they're going to, so they're going to have the whole populations as is, is, is a challenge study. This is, this is, this is, I can't, you don't make these mistakes, folks. Something else is going on here, you know. No. You can't, you, you can't come to some silly inquiry in the future and say, well, well, we didn't realize, what do you mean you didn't realize that this would come off it? Mm-mm. Another article, Brits, the folk in Britain, here, here again, you know, it's not going to help you. This carrot again, oh no, a little bit more lockdown, or oh, stay in your homes a bit longer, um, and we, we might send a few dollars your way, and, and you, we might be able to get out if, you, if you're locked down after Christmas, maybe get a week after Christmas, maybe, maybe, honestly. And you keep falling for this, this talk to you like children. Brits may have to wear masks for another year despite COVID vaccine rollout. Well, they've already told the folk in the States, Fauci's was open about it. Oh, this isn't going to stop you from spreading it. Even if you've had the vaccine, you might be a carrier. You might spread it anyway. And, and, and yada, yada, you know, and we still, and the, the double speak doesn't mean you're going to be immune to it, by the way. Well, it may, it may, you keep saying it may, the underlying legal, like, in the legalities, it may. Me means nothing in a court of law. They're not promising that it definitely will stop you from getting COVID or the higher symptoms. It may stop you from getting some of the, initially they said the milder symptoms. Well, what's the point? Something that might give you such an advanced, a terrible reaction, it might kill you. To stop a little sniffle, that's okay. It's a good trade-off for most folk. I don't think so. Anyway, Brits could be told to keep wearing face masks for a year despite the role. This is permanent, folks. They'll keep you going for years like this. Yeah. And Sir Patrick Vallance hailed the beginning of the UK's largest ever immunisation programme as a tremendous day, but added, life will not return to normal in the UK for several months, well, several years, folks. As they play with you as children, you see. 
And as long as you comply, the more they're going to treat you just like children. He says, the public should be prepared to be wearing masks for the whole of next year as the effects of vaccine are monitored. It's experimental, see? This is not years of... Ex- this is experiment. This is the third phase. This is experimental still. He said, it may be that next winter, even with vaccination, we need measures like masks in place. We don't know yet how good all the vaccines are going to be at preventing the transmission of the virus. Hmm, there you go. He explained that despite knowing that the vaccine prevents the virus taking hold in the body, that's not true. They don't know that. They don't know. It's not yet known if it prevents transmission among the vaccinated to the non-vaccinated. That's the con they're using, the caveat, because they're going to demand that everybody gets vaccinated. We can't have these people. We'll only know when everybody's vaccinated. Then they'll tell you, oh, folks are still getting it. <laughs> so I'll put this one up too. You played like suckers. You probably saw too. This, this, and everything's a stage, by the way. Everything you see on TV or in the newspapers with the photographs, like your three amigos there, that were going to all get the vaccines. You know, Clinton and Obama, and so on. Oh, and uh, who else was it? Who else was it? Who was the third? Oh yeah, Bush, B- baby Bush. They call him baby Bush, apart from Daddy Bush. And so the three of them were going to, on TV, they'd show you getting vaccinated. No, they were not going to get real stuff in a vac- in case someone had a bad reaction to it, alive on stage in front of the cameras. No, it ain't going to happen. Sterile water, yeah, it's all public relations nonsense. Everything today in this day and age is public relations managed, produced, written up by writers, professional writers, produced, you know, and then put across to the public, you see. Telling you, Everything. London, eh? William Shakespeare from Warwickshire, England, one of the first people to receive the newly approved COVID-19 vaccine outside a clinical trial on Tuesday. The 81-year-old had the injection at University Hospital Coventry on Tuesday, 20 miles from Stratford-upon-Avon, the birthplace of his namesake, England's greatest dramatist and poet, says, eh? So they got, oh, they got t- the taming off the flu, all, all written up again by the people who write dramas. The two gentlemen of Corona. Eh? And uh, some asked if Margaret Keenan was, was patient 1A. But then was Shakespeare patient to be or not to be? Eh? Well, at least they didn't go into a skull and alas, Puriorica knew him well, Horatio. There you go. But this is the kind of stuff. Everything's a stage. Everything's staged in public. And every, everything you see is publicity and, and marketed and written and scripted and produced by your tax money. Yeah. Governments are not imaginative, you know, believe you me. You know. So here's your, kind of, here's your kind of PR thing they come out with. The same, the same as the elderly woman that keeps showing you too, who got the vaccine. Do you really think that's what they gave her again live on camera? Can you imagine the fallout if anything happened immediately? Now they know this, it's already happened to some of the volunteers in the trials. There would have been heart attacks. We'd have had to get defibrillators put on them. Yeah. To restart their heart never. Not kidding you, folks, it's all amazing how they kept that all quiet. So you ain't going to go ahead on live on camera and give some and watch that. You imagine that, that would call off the entire vaccination program if that was done. It ain't going to happen like that, folks. That's, that's, that's sterile water or something, something similar. 
Why vaccinate our most frail? Odd vote out shows the dilemma. Oh, dear, eh? And again, they give you the William Shakespeare and so on. And, and the vote to recommend long-term care residents must be amongst the first to receive COVID-19 vaccinations was not unanimous. Out of a panel of 14 CDC vaccine advisors, a lone doctor said no. Odd woman out, I guess, said Dr. Helen Cape Talbot of Vanderbilt uh, University, told her colleagues, I struggle with this. It's not an easy vote. She was worried about whether the vaccine would even work in such frail, vulnerable people. Even more so, she worried about how it might look if the vaccine failed in that group or how it would affect public perception if residents died soon after getting the vaccine. That's exactly what I just said. There's no way they're giving that out. On the other hand, these are the people worst hit by a pandemic. They make up 40% of all deaths so far. Then she goes into the nursing homes that were hit badly and so on. I don't go by the cases. The cases mean nothing, folks. It, it, they keep increasing thousands of, of testing per day. You only find more folk are going to come up with its pathetic particles from coronaviruses. That, and there's lots of them out there. Uh, it doesn't mean they've got an infection, so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even use that to, that mis, that misperception that's promoted of cases. There's, if I, if folk are ill, that's different, yeah. but they're not ill. Yeah. Anyway, it says. Um, I mean, here's it, here's it here. By mid-September, in the week of November 15th, there was a 177% rise in new weekly nursing home cases. That's testing. Huh? And it says that the rise in cases has been accompanied by rise in coronavirus deaths in nursing homes. What's the normal uh, death rate before all this happened? What is it, what is it now at this time of year? There have been so many... Factual exposés of that too already come out that disprove a lot of this stuff. The worst fears have come true as COVID runs rampant amongst the general population. It's rampant. You can see everywhere, can you? Everybody with, with a mask must have it. That's why they wear masks, right? I mean, you know. That's <laughs> all perception, isn't it? And long-term care facilities are powerless to fully prevent it from entering due to its asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic spread, said Mark Parkinson, organization's president and CEO. So they, they, they went through this, this kind of feigned dilemma of, of to vax or not to vaccinate. It's, you know, yeah, I tell you, it's, 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 most things are written in a way to bring you around. It starts off with, with oh, well, here's someone who's maybe thinking about But it's the whole thing to bring everybody around to just getting it and accepting it and so on. And, and again, it goes in back and forth. This is. But the question about the direct benefit of vaccine have given to people who live in those facilities because we haven't studied how well it works in that group yet. We haven't studied how well it works in any group yet. But it's this uncertainty that led Talbot to vote no. It's one person votes no. Right? And the CDC have, part, have got partnerships with CVS and Walgreens for vaccine rollout and distribution. By the way, they're enrolling opticians. Uh, all kinds of people to give vaccinations, and they've all got blanket immunity from getting sued, etc. And podiatrists and things like that. You know. Maybe they'll inject you in, in the sole of your foot. You know, is that good for the soul? I don't know. And UK travellers to be barred from the European Union under coronavirus rules after Brexit transition period, it says. Because, again, you know, Boris, the, the man they put in, hasn't got him out of the EU yet, you know. It's, just, it's trying, though. It's trying, you know. UK citizens face a ban on most travel to the EU states from January 1st, 
when the Brexit transition period ends as a result of coronavirus restrictions, it says. And the Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, wrongly claimed that the ban on non-essential travel was not linked to Brexit. But EU officials confirmed it has been applied to UK because of its transition of the EU structures at the end of 2020. Well, I don't know if that will ever happen. Said, how many times have they said it was, it was coming out here? It's the same as the COVID. It's, it's just another few months. I'll try it another few months, you know. Coronavirus vaccine card will be given to patients once they have had COVID-19 jab. Wowie, wowie. You get a vaccine card. Ah, I get flashbacks all the time into talks I gave years ago on this very thing, like vaccine passports, vaccine cards. You wouldn't be able to travel, couldn't go and eat, buy food even without them. Yet. Here it all is. Eh? Even the electronic tagging with it. People who have received their COVID vaccination will be encouraged to keep a National Health Service card recording their jab date and batch number. New official pictures show. So there you are. And it's offered a first glimpse at the vaccination card that will be given to patients who receive it. It's poised to lead the world in rolling out the first COVID-19 vaccine to the public within the next 48 hours. Hundreds of thousands of doses arrived in Britain Friday. They're taking to specialist refrigeration facilities. Amazing, too, the, the, the temperature they've got to keep my eye. And then were shipped to the 50 hospitals launching the first leg of the mass vaccination program, where there are no official plans for... I love how they get the, the trial balloons all embedded in your brains. Where there are no official plans for so-called immunity passports, several countries are rolling out vaccine-proof cards. Ah, oh, I see. It's, it's not a, a passport, but it was to get a passport... But it's really a card, just a vaccine proof, yeah, okay. Which is the same darn thing. <laughs> and Pfizer and, and BioNTech's vaccine is the first of leading candidates to be, to be approved for use, it says here. So there you are. I tell you. So the card issued by the NHS and pictured for the first time Sunday encourages users to carry it in their purse or wallet. The blue-hued card carries space for the date and batch number for the two jabs that the Pfizer shot recipients will get. By the way, you probably saw the one I put up last week. We had the professor who works on that particular vaccine I think, in, in England and in, in, in Oxford. And and he, he said that Dr. Um, John... Irving Bell, his name is, he said that uh, you, you probably will need to annual shots from that, from then on as well. Creates great business, a pre- predictable income with a big vaccine. That's what they want, predictability. You've got to, the first one they're going to mandate that all adults must get for the rest of their lives. Eh? Then they'll add the flu and that would be a mandate. Well, you, can get, you get that too. And they can get this and get that and all the boosters for everything and get them and da, 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 da. And there's real fascism of business and big business and bed with government completely ordering the people around the peasants around there. So there you go. There's your there's your card. Papers please, you know. There you are. And even the poor suckers like the hospitality industry, like the restaurants, they're they speculating a system for showing proof of vaccines could fast track the return to live events and festivals too. That's not going to happen, folks. But they, yeah, they make you believe it. Eh? But no, they 
This is to change society, understand, that the whole way of, what was it, you know, that the World Economic Forum said, Economic Forum with their great reset, eh? Mr. Schwab, what he said about it. He said, this is a whole new way of living they're bringing in. Sustainability, the whole new way, folks. That's like like post, uh, you're post-manufacturing, you're post-consumerism, you're, post, post you're going to have very limited things you can purchase apart from food and so on. Maybe maybe clothes. And basic clothes of that. You know. Four trial volunteers who got Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine developed Bell's palsy, but FDA denies that the temporary facial paralysis was caused by the shot. They'll deny everything that happens by the shot, of course. Yeah. And... Um, even though that's on the list by of side effects that they're going to watch out for because they know it can happen. <laughs> oh, it didn't matter, though, you know. I can remember you had pneumoconiosis in Britain and uh, the black lung syndrome of miners. Eh? And for as long as I can remember, the mines were on the go. They had their own government-appointed doctors that would come in and, and examine miners that were putting in claims for having it, you see, lung problems. And they always denied it existed as, a, as an actual an actual miner called coal dust syndrome. Until after the years after they closed all the mines and all long gone, the guys were all dead. And so then they came out, oh yeah, it did exist. And we know it did exist. <laughs> this is standard stuff. You can get doctors to say anything you want if you pay them well enough. You can, you know. Maybe not all the doctors, but the ones that bring on these boards, are all, they all know what the score is, what the game is. Of course they do. And it's the same with, with well, everything, and unfortunately today in society is that so much of the whole profession is corrupt as well. Um, there's no doubt about that as well. There's nobody has watched it. <laughs> well, they can see the effects of vaccines on youngsters. I don't think there's a quack out there that has never seen and started to think about it. I mean, you know, so then you make the decision, you're going to keep doing what you're doing, or you're going to stand up for what's right. You know, most don't. Take, what's right for them is my big money, you know. And that's all through society, that kind of mentality. And the COVID vaccine, don't take Pfizer jab if you have significant allergies, says the National Health Service, as two fall ill after being infected. It's a lot more than two, by the way. As I say, this is from the, the sun, you know. So significant allergies. Eh? What, what's a, okay, let's define what's a significant allergy here. And it says... Um, they both have a significant history of allergic reactions to the extent where they need to carry an adrenaline pen with them, NHS England said. Officials confirmed the staff members who were among thousands to get the jab yesterday are now recovering and all trusts involved all trusts involved in the vaccination program have been informed. All trusts, eh? The Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency has given precautionary advice that anyone who has a history of significant allergic reactions to medicines, food or vaccines, should not receive the vaccines. Significant means a person who has suffered anaphylaxis, a potential life-threatening reaction which can cause breathing difficulties, confusion, vomiting, or collapse. It's totally, you're going to total shock with it. It kills you, generally, you know, if you don't get them out of it in time. So as anyone scheduled to receive the vaccination at Wednesday will be asked about their history of allergic reactions. You know something, if, in, even legally, if you don't know, you say, I don't know, I've never had that before. You, you're almost, they'll say, well, the, the, the person told us before they died 
that they had, didn't have any problems in, in their house. See, it's all legalities. You start to get a picture here. Nobody know. You don't know how you're going to react to that. They don't know. Whether you've got a history of it or not, doesn't matter. This is a very alien thing to your body coming in here. And you've no idea, and they have no idea how you're going to react to it. So this is resuscitation facilities should be available at all times for all vaccinations. Vaccinations should only be carried out in facilities where resuscitation measures are available. So <laughs> you can't, you're starting to build confidence now. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Professor Stephen Powers, National Medical Director for NHS England, said, uh, as is common with new vaccines, the MHRA has advised on precautionary basis that people with significant history of allergic reactions do receive this vaccination after two people with a history of significant allergic reaction responded adversely yesterday. Both are recovering well. So there you go. So there you are. They've probably got uh, some some of the ones in the, you know, from the vaccines the reports have come in already. Don't forget you can have the symptoms, the severe symptoms of the COVID itself, by the way. That's why I've had notes on with the side effects on the list from the CDC and the FDA put a list of it too. Uh, you, you, the Bell's palsy is in it. Uh, they can have um, all kinds of heart problems that you wouldn't believe. Uh, strokes, things like that, you know. Um, excuse me, sir, are, are you prone to stroke? I don't know yet, you know. Well, you're going to find it. Uh, you know, you just, this is all trials. And they admit too that the second shot Definitely, it's going to make you feel very ill and high temperature and the whole thing. But most people, 80% of people get that. Mm-mm-mm. And it says here too, you'll definitely get pain at injection site, tiredness, muscle pain, chills. People are breaking teeth with, with shivering. That's, that's, a, that's in the papers too. Joint pain is very common. That's what you also get with the COVID, by the way. Joint pain. Fever, huh? An injection excitement can swell up. So one in ten people, that's a lot. We're going to get swelling up. Redness injection site and nausea. And uh, and every hundred people, you may get enlarged lymph nodes, by the way, in the neck and places. That's, that's on the side effects. And you'll feel unwell. Now, how can the National Health Service say that all vaccines are thoroughly tested to make sure they will not harm you or your child? How do they know when it's experimental? Now, they haven't been vaccinating children with it yet. How can they even make that statement? Well, it won't harm you or your child. Have they tried it on children? So, yeah, this is quite an amazing uh, thing we're going through in history, you know. Another thing, too, is yeah, not just a card, but an app will show if you've had the COVID jab and could let pubs bar unvaccinated. So the pubs could bar people from coming in who haven't had the vaccine. See how they're getting create divisions among society and so on. See, they're already doing that before it starts. Eh? And it could, it doesn't mean that, that, that uh, you're going to be able to open your bars anyway, folks. You understand that, too? All these little tidbits, little carrots, you know, you force your customers to get it, then, you know, you might be able to, to open up longer. You won't get the next close. It maybe, possibly. So again, a private company rolling out an app which would show who has had COVID-19 vaccine. And it's the booking app is called My GP. Ah, oh. 
as the idea is controversial as it allows patients to be discriminated against due to their medical records. There you go. The governments will use every dirty trick. Psyop warfare, it's all psychological warfare too, folks. By military, paid by your government, using your tax money to come up with these ideas too. Investigation is launched after a Canadian Forces member called on fellow soldiers to ignore orders to help distribute COVID vaccine. This is from the Ottawa Citizen newspaper. The Canadian Forces investigating after one of his members spoke at an anti-lockdown rally in Toronto weekend and called on military personnel to disobey orders to help in the distribution of COVID-19 vaccine. The individual dressed in Canadian Forces uniform was introduced by organisers of the rally as Leslie Kenderesi. The man also wore a military name tag with that same name. The Department of National Defence confirmed Tuesday that Ken Dressy is the individual speaking at a rally and is a serving member of the Canadian Forces. I'm asking military right now is serving truck drivers, medical engineers, whatever you are, do not take this unlawful order for the distribution of this vaccine, Ken Dressy said at the rally and a video of his speech was posted on YouTube. He had a knife strapped to his uniform and was carrying a helmet, questioned the safety of taking the vaccine. He said, I might get in a lot of uh, S, you know, for doing this, but I don't care anymore, he said. This is Danley uh, Boutillier, a spokesman for the DND, Department of National Defense, said investigation has been launched, but no decisions have been made on a course of action. We were made aware on the evening of December the 5th that a member of the cadet instructor's cadre which is a subcomponent of the Canadian Armed Forces Reserve, participated in a public demonstration in Toronto in his CAF uniform, said Le Boutillier. The individual made comments regarding the CFS participation in Operation Vector. That's what they call it, Operation Vector. These comments are not reflective of views of the Government of Canada or Canadian Armed Forces policy. There's only helping to dis- distribute the COVID-19 vaccine and military staff are helping the Public Health Agency of Canada with its vaccine distribution planning. In addition, the Canadian forces could be used to fly vaccines in from different locations in Europe <laughs> and the U.S. as well as help transport them to remote communities in Canada. Military personnel could also be given other roles in the distribution. This is giving the vaccine other roles. I don't think it would go too far, this one, you know, since it's not the, the, the main part of the military link. But anyway, yeah, they're, they're going to use it. They've already said that, you know, it isn't just to transport anything, it's to give vaccines, obviously. Now, everything starts, as you well know, in China. Now, like these apps, they already had them out in the spring, you know, in China, and on their phones, and you'd have different color codings. And if you turned red and you walked into a store, you know, alarms would go off, cops would come in, because your phone would phone the cops, and then they'd come and get you. And drag you off, you know, uh, because you you are now you you were in the vicinity of someone who had obviously got the the, the coronavirus, and anybody in the vicinity, you know, in regards if they caught it or not, doesn't matter. You're you're now put down as having it. You see, this is how they they inflate the numbers. It's all done through computers. So for every person who supposedly is tested positive, for it, they add, they tack on twenty for each person, something like that. So around that kind of figure. And uh, maybe they've inflated the figure since then, I don't know. But it's all computer, you see. Oh, therefore, if they get 10, oh, now, now it's 100 or, or, or 200 even. And, 
And it sounds horrible. My goodness me, you know. For a PCR test, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's why they chose that test. It gives them so much false positives. Because of the cycles they put it through, the, the, the cycles that they do from particles of, of the, the DNA that they find, uh, they multiply them many times over. If you go up, they tell you, if you go up to about 30, you get to a stage where you're going to get many, many false results. The, the, the normal testing rate now for parts of the US, for instance, is about 41. So they're guaranteed lots of false positives. Anyway, China starts every. Airline staff told to wear nappies, your diapers, and avoid toilets to reduce COVID risk. There you go. And uh, the cabin crew in China have been advised to wear disposable nappies and avoid using toilet to reduce the risk of spreading the coronavirus. Airline bosses have made the recommendations for staff on charter flights to what it considers high-risk destinations, where the risk of infection is higher than 500 people per million. <sighs> oh, my goodness me. The guidance has been published in a new 49-page document by the Civil Aviation Administration in China, entitled Technical Guidelines for Epidemic Protection and Control for Airlines. There you are. Maybe eventually, you know, you know the West will copy this too. They'll try to see how far they can push it. And they'll, they'll have little bits, like little cabins where where once your diaper's full, there'll be nurses coming and you'll have to go in there and, and the nurse will take it all off and hose you down maybe, you know, dry you off and, and cover you in, in baby powder and, and massage some stuff into your poor body, you know, because your skin will be getting all, all chaffed with... Uh, well, sitting in its own, you know, stuff. And uh, and we'll get, all get used to that as well. Eh? And you'll buy your mask and mumble, thank you very much. And she'll say, what is that, my Thank you very much. Okay. And I said, oh, now you go. The new normal, eh? And <laughs> everybody have to adapt to it. You <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I told you if you to hang on your sanity because, and you will because you've already you've already accepted a lot of bizarre things. I say that's the chink in the armor of that which is self-evident. And then they shove everything through after all the other stuff that you've already adapted into. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Australia has become the first country to abandon a vaccine attempt, scrapping seven hundred and fifty million dollars of taxpayers' money project after the shot wrongly gave some people positive HIV test results. I'd love to know what test they gave them for the HIV, because generally that's what the, the even that, that PCR test was first developed, you know, really originally for HIV. So how come they can say that, what was test that they given them where they can say that, yeah, no, these aren't false positives on the coronavirus one. But they can say there's false positives on, on HIV. Which test did they give them here? Come on here. Huh? So it's the first time a country has abandoned a vaccine attempt. No, it's not. They've, they've dumped lots of things in the swine flu one in the last time, 2009 or so. Millions of, of things were dumped. Actually. But actually, a whole bunch were dumped in a river in North Carolina, I think it was, as well. And when it's found out, they said, well, I didn't think it would harm anything in the, in the water. You wouldn't believe the farce as it go on, eh? Anyway, the, Queen, the Queensland, uh, University of Queensland said the trial of vaccine had shown promising signs in combating COVID-19 and that routine follow-up tests confirmed there's no HIV virus present. Yeah? 
<sighs> there you go. It's just wonderful, eh? To compensate for this cancellation, Australia has increased its orders of vaccines developed by AstraZeneca. So I guess I'd have to borrow another 750 million, probably. Pfizer and Novavax. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, Oh, he, he's blaming the people for it. He, he, I don't hear the articles by the Scott. They're never. Psychopaths can't say, Oh, yeah, I really screwed up. Because they, they should be out of the job, eh? at the very least. Uh, maybe even put in trial. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's blaming the people for and, and social media for, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, there you go. So I'll put this one up too, and um, <laughs> don't forget that where it comes from. Don't forget the whole idea of it comes from. This whole idea of um, I mean, Great Game India was the first uh, group that came out with uh, the inserts. Remember the inserts for for uh, AIDS protein that they found in the coronavirus, supposedly, you know. And uh, they had the furin, furin points, or furin points, you know, there are four of them for, from AIDS, this, uh, this particular protein that they found in it, you know, came from AIDS. They've had doctors come out saying, you know, if you, if you give this particular vaccine, you people, along with that protein, because they're taking the, the actual virus, they're claiming the coronavirus to make the vaccine. It's strange how you've got all these conflicting things. Do we, we actually have the virus or we don't have it? You can, how can you make it if you don't have the virus, etc., etc.? You've got all these conflicting stories here. But don't forget, too, it's kind of like creating a, a drug. In a sense, we can take bits and pieces of different kinds of uh, chemicals and put them together in different sequences and then call it a new drug, for instance. When they're creating things in, on computers, they come out with imaginings, in a sense, of what a virus is comprised of, in particular virus, eh? from other sorts, signs and symptoms or, or detective work. They can piece together, they think, in computers, what they think it would be. It's all speculation, to extent. So you could get bits and pieces of different things and put them together and create a virus from scratch, for instance. In fact, they've actually done that in the past. I've noticed that they've actually admitted some of these labs, they've actually created brand new viruses. So it really is a big, big question mark in the whole darn thing. However, if you were taking something that's got definitely proteins that we haven't conquered for AIDS and putting a vaccine and then you're injecting it into people, what do you expect to happen? So again, it's already already a cover-up on, well, you know, it's a false positive. Really? It's a false positive? Really? How did they know that if it has to do with the, the, the protein from these furin sites? The four sites that they say, that that's why they say that this is definitely, this didn't evolve in nature. Some of the top virologists have said that, and I'll get to that later. But... How, if that was the case and you're putting it into people, how do they know that they've weakened it enough? Or what have they done to disable it from infecting people? I think that's a rather important point, isn't it? Well, you won't get COVID, but you'll die of AIDS. So, yeah, it's, it's just astonishing. I'll put this article up too. It's also such a shame. It was working so well. It initially gave antibodies pretty quickly. That's what they're saying, so on and so on. There's no long-term study to find out if it stays in you or not. And, I, and I, Forbes also says that Australia drops promising COVID-19 vaccine after volunteers falsely tested. I love how they always tell you off the bat what they think and believe. Falsely tested positive. They don't tell you for HIV. What? Why do they say it's falsely tested positive? 
This is where there's no chance that the vaccine could cause an HIV infection. Right? Something detail, detailed follow-up tests confirmed, right? There weren't participants that the vaccine could possibly generate a partial immune response to a protein fragment used to stabilize the vaccine, which is also found in HIV. So the, the magnitude of the immune response was unexpected. Really? What about else was unexpected? To the point that it was, una- it was able to, to interfere with HIV tests that detect antibodies and give false positives. Do you understand, too, folk who often get AIDS initially, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter how many tests that they give them won't detect it. Do you understand that? I mean, they'll show up for a few years, actually, in tests. But initially, they may have all the signs and symptoms to go along with it, but they and, and be suspected, but they but will show up negative. So this is actually showing positive. Anyway, the vaccine actually produced robust response towards the COVID-19 virus, and it's a strong safety profile. Well, you haven't done it long enough to find out what a safety profile is yet. And it says, moreover, the University of Queensland said significant changes would need to be made to well-established HIV testing procedures. So in order to keep using it, they'd have to change the testing procedures. This is what they're saying here. So certainly a blow this kind of setback will mean less in Australia than if it happened elsewhere. It also means too, of course, that 750 million is written off and you still need to pay it all back because your government obviously borrowed it. That's how it works, eh? Bankers love this, don't they? Australia scraps billion-dollar coronavirus vaccine after participants test HIV positive. This is from another paper, too, The Great Game India. This is Mr. Petrovsky, okay? He's the Australian vaccine scientist, Nikolai Petrovsky, had warned the government about the risk of including HIV. Now, here's the, getting close to the truth, including HIV in a vaccine months before the $1 billion deal was signed. So this is a $1 billion deal here, right? Getting the picture, too. They can't even tell you the full amount, another one, or the true amount. So this vaccine scientist, Nikolai Petrovsky, warned them about using HIV in a vaccine months before. He said, he told the Australian the newspaper, the problem with the use of HIV was clear in the, in the hamster and mouse data. Because they tried it, but his advice was ignored. <laughs> he said the early data suggested the vaccine itself was quite unstable. Overall, it just didn't look like it was going to be successful a successful vaccine. That's why we were surprised when the government committed millions of dollars to it. It just seemed disproportionate. So even they couldn't believe that the government was going to... Who, who's pushing this? Eh? Who tells what the government they, they must and ignore the scientists? The COVID-19 spike protein, right, has been the focus of the University of Queensland vaccine, using molecular clamp technology to lock the protein into a shape which allows the immune system to be able to recognize and then neutralize the virus. COVID spike proteins, like most surface viral proteins, are fairly unstable. To ensure that the vaccine induced the right immune response, the clamp chosen comprises two fragments of a protein found in HIV as those fragments provide the greatest stability to the vaccine. Okay. And it says the vaccine which used the COVID-19 spike protein and the molecular clamp featured an HIV protein fragment. The fragment was producing a partial antibody response in some patients. 
resulting in false positive tests for the virus. CSL said the false positives were caused by so-called molecular clamp antibodies. So, as Great Game India reported earlier in February, a group of Indian scientists discovered that coronavirus was engineered with AIDS-like insertions. That's the, the furin science. The, the, the study concluded that it was unlikely for a virus to have acquired such unique insertions naturally in a short duration of time. So, you know... It says, although the study was retracted after it attracted heavy criticism from experts in social media, and it's true enough that anybody who, who says anything the public are really interested, they, they completely ban it or, or discredit the folk who say it. Anyway, Luc Montagne, the Nobel Prize-winning French virologist, himself confirmed the conclusions of the study. So there you go. The Nobel Prize-winning French virologist confirmed the conclusions of the study about these in- insertions and it was unlikely that a virus would acquire such unique insertions naturally in a short duration of time. Yeah. The study concluded that it's because of these new four AIDS-like insertions in coronavirus that this virus jumped to humans, originally known only to infect animals. Yeah. All the links are on this particular uh, article I'll put up to the official sites and to the vir- virologists, and uh, this, so there's nothing uh, iffy or, or conspiracy theory about this at all, when you have Nobel Prize winners and so on, etc. Yeah. Yes, well, interestingly too, I mean, it says emails obtained by the US right to know show that a statement in The Lancet, that's a British magazine, medical magazine, authored by 27 prominent public health scientists condemning conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin, was organized by employees. Now listen to this, that this article, right, in the Lancet, right, it was organized by employees of EcoHealth Alliance, a non-profit group that has received millions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer funding to genetically manipulate coronaviruses with scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. <laughs> the links are all here for this, by the way. And, and so you can go through them yourselves. Eh? Uh, it really is quite something. Nothing ever is eventually what it seems to be at the start, isn't it? So there's a, a statement in the Lancet Journal of the 27 public health scientists condemning, prominent public health scientists condemning conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin, was organized by employees of EcoHealth Alliance, a non-profit group that has received millions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer funding to genetically manipulate coronaviruses with scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So the emails show that EcoHealth Alliance President Peter Daszak drafted the Lancet statement and that he intended it to not be identifiable as coming from any one organization or person, but rather to be seen as simply a letter from leading scientists. Daszak wrote that he wanted to avoid the appearance of a political statement. Yeah. It's, it's quite... Uh, it's just astonishing to see the again this resolute. They're all sworn on the same agenda, like one voice, one authority, and that's it. Nobody else with high qualifications is allowed to say anything at all. Isn't that astonishing? And you, for, for, that's that's tyranny. That's totalitarianism, folks. 
And so another one, too, confirms the same kind of thing. Um, Australia scrapped and blah, 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 the vaccine scrapped, etc. But another uh, health and money news, Australia. So I'll put all these articles up for those who care to even go through it. I mean, there's piles and piles of articles on it, too, from official sources. and Yeah. Immunization with SARS coronavirus vaccines. Right? Uh, this is first published, I think, in um, 2012. Eh? That's to do with the old SARS, well, the original SARS virus, remember, 2003, it broke out, I think it was. And it says Immunization with SARS coronavirus vaccines leads to pulmonary immunopathology on challenge with the SARS virus, right? And uh, it's from the University of Texas, Medical Branch, Galveston, Texas, USA. A study was done back then. It's from the PLOS, PLOS 1. And immunization is a pulmonary immunopathology on challenge with the SARS virus. So severe acute respiratory syndrome emerged in China in 2002, spread to other countries before brought under control because of a concern for re-emergence or a deliberate release of the SARS coronavirus vaccine development was initiated. Evaluations of an inactivated whole virus vaccine in ferrets and non-human primates and a virus-like particle vaccine in mice-induced protection against infection. But remember, it mentioned about challenge, you challenge with the well virus after you've given the vaccine, after a few days, you know, to see if it works and if there's any bad response. This is, but challenged animals exhibited an immunopathologic type of lung disease, all of them, by the way. Massive retaliation of your your immune system against the that's that's it. so four candidate vaccines for humans with and without aluminum adjuvant were aluminum were evaluated in a mouse model of SARS a VLP vaccine the vaccine given to ferrets and NHP another whole virus vaccine and an rDNA produced S protein and it says that the mice were vaccinated. Uh, on day zero and twenty-eight, and a sacrifice, a sacrifice means it's when they kill them and just chop them up to examine them. So uh, for serum antibody measurements, so that's how they, they you know they chop them in pieces and and get the serum out of them and to find out the antibodies in them and, and they, they value how much of the antibodies in them and so on. And there's an or challenge with live virus on day fifty-six, right? So that's what they generally do. They'll, they'll chop them up in the day 28, and the other ones they'll keep to the day 56. And and the day 58, challenged mice were sacrificed after they'd been challenged with and lungs obtained for virus and histopathology. Results, all vaccines induced serum neutralizing antibody. Most vaccines do initially. And and or alum uh, significantly increasing responses. Significant reductions of SARS-CoV Two days after challenge was seen for all vaccines. Now this vaccine, again, has a lot of problems. This is the original uh, vaccine that they experimented with, with the original SARS. Hmm? Same family. And it says that, uh, again, uh, that um, significant reductions of SARS-CoV two days after challenge was seen for all vaccines. And prior live SARS-CoV all mice exhibited histopathologic changes in lungs two days after challenge, including all animals, all animals vaccinated and or given live virus influenza vaccine. 
live virus or an influenza vaccine, eh? As well. Or PBS suggesting infection occurred in all. Histopathology seen in animals given one of the SARS-CoV vaccines was uniformly, and they give you the type in pathology, with prominent osonophil infiltration. That's what you get with uh, a reaction to get osonophils prominently displayed. Confirmed with special osonophil stains. The pathologic changes seen in all control groups lacked the osonophil prominence. Conclusion, these SARS-CoV vaccines all induced antibody and protection against infection with SARS-CoV coronavirus. However, challenge of mice given, so when you challenge it with a live virus afterwards, right? Okay. You, you, your body will give you antibodies, all right, but when you, when you hit the live virus, your body goes overboard. Challenge of mice given any of the vaccines led to occurrence of uh, type 2 immunopathology suggesting hypersensitivity to SARS uh, coronavirus components was induced. Caution in proceeding to application of a SARS-CoV vaccines in human, humans is indicated because it, it, it had uh, a very bad effect on challenge with the wild virus. We're not, that article I read earlier, this says that they decided in Fauci that they've decided to help, the, not to get, so we don't want the young folk to get bad reactions, so we're not going to do the challenge tests. So they give it to all the population without challenge tests. When even the SARS, the initial one, with, with the original SARS, right, the base type, <laughs> caused this kind of problem when challenged with the actual real virus in animals. Years ago, this is one years ago, right? 2012, I think this article is, you know. And then uh, Indian scientists discover coronavirus engineered with HIV AIDS, like insertions, and their article do the same kind of thing. And um, I'll put that one up again from great, I've mentioned before, Great Game India. Don't write off India. India's way up on a lot of this too. In fact, some got it to me that they think that a lot of this uh, ongoing stuff that came out of Wuhan has been moved off to a part of India <laughs> for China. I don't know if it's true or not yet, so I won't push it. I'd have to get confirmation of it, but uh, there's a lot of amazing things that go on in the real world, really, really telling you. Another one, too, is consensus summary report for CPI, uh, BC, March 12, 13, 2020 meetings, assessment of risk of disease enhancement with COVID-19 vaccines. And this, uh, this article here uh, goes into the different institutes that are involved in this affiliations. Uh, Vaccinology University of Geneva, Switzerland, and Independent Advisors, Stuart Blum, USA. Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, also. so it's all official stuff, right? And laboratories, etc. And the WHO Collaborating Center for Reference, etc. So uh, they're meeting assessment of risk, uh, disease enhancement, etc. And it says a novel coronavirus, uh, severe acute respiratory syndrome, or coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, emerged late 2019 in Wuhan, China, and has since spread as a global pandemic. Safe and effective vaccines are thus urgently needed to reduce the morbidity and mortality of coronavirus disease. And it says there's been an unprecedented rapid response by vaccine developers, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so at least six have re- reached clinical trials. However, a major challenge during rapid de- development is to avoid safety issues by both thoughtful vaccine design and by thorough evaluation in a timely manner. A syndrome of disease enhancement 
has been reported in the past for a few viral vaccines where those immunized suffered increased severity or death when they, that gets pretty severe, when they literally encountered the virus, that's again when you're challenged, right? Or were found to have an increased frequency of infection. Animal models allowed scientists to determine the underlying mechanism for the former in the case of respiratory uh, syncytial uh, virus, RSV, vaccine and have, to, and have been uh, utilized to design and screen new RSV vaccine candidates because some Middle East respiratory syndrome, such as MERS, right? Um, SARS-CoV-1 vaccines have shown evidence of disease enhancement in some animal models. This is a particular concern for SARS-CoV-2 vaccines. To address this challenge, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, CEPI, and the Brighton Coalition, BC Safety Platform for Emergency uh, Vaccines, SPIAC, <laughs> convened a scientific working meeting on March 12 and 13, 2020 of experts in the field of vaccine immunology, immunology and coronaviruses to consider what vaccine designs could reduce safety concerns and animal models and immunological assessment in early clinical trials can help to assess the risk. It summarizes the evidence presented and provides considerations for safety assessment of COVID-19 vaccine and so on. So, yeah, there know there's problems coming up down the pike. And there's no doubt that... Uh, here's a problem, too. Conflict of interest statement. They always have these on the official documents just to try to say, well, yeah, they have to say if they're affiliated with anything, you see. Declaration of competing interest. RB has collaborations with VaxArt, Takeda, Moderna, Eli Lilly, and Pfizer. SB is a consultant for GlaxoSmithKline on matters unrelated to the topic of this manuscript. CD is a consultant to Medicago on their vaccine programs. Her husband owns stock in Dynavax Technologies. You understand, when the people who are doing the investigations all have money involved about it, so there's no independent really inquiries about it all. Um, it's, like, it's very much like, like Monsanto. Monsanto, no one could, could do independent studies on their, their modified uh, germline or, 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 of seeds and so on, they owned the patents on. No one could do their own analysis and use the same kind of um, herbicides and pesticides to, for the plant grid to, to, to verify the stuff that Monsanto was putting out. Monsanto had it so legalized that only they could do their own studies. No one else could do studies on what they were doing. So you take their word for what they said they found. And it's the same kind of thing with the vaccine industry here, unfortunately. (laughs) Anyway, the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Cambridge-trained pathologist, blasts COVID measures as outrageous in a private meeting with Canadian officials. And it says that masks are utterly useless, social distancing is useless, and all testing should stop. They had a video there. I don't know where it is now. I couldn't find it myself, actually. But it says, um, in secret Zoom recording, top Canadian pathologist whose company sells COVID-19 PCR tests <laughs> blasts those responsible for lockdown and masks calling and cause COVID-19 a bad flu and says a positive test does not mean infection and that all testing should stop. And that's it's just to get numbers up to doing the testing, especially such vast numbers too, you know with false positives.
That's what they need for this massive agenda. And so a video appeared on social media on November 7th. He described it as a private audio recording of a meeting held in Alberta, Canada last week. One hears the British voice of one of Dr. Roger Hodgkinson, who proceeds to decimate COVID-19 measures as deadly, false, and outrageous. He's the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons Committee in Ottawa. And it says, I don't know if he is actually the chairman, because there's other articles out trying to cry on being the chairman, CEO of a large private medical laboratory in Edmonton, Alberta, and chairman of a medical biotechnology company which sells COVID-19 tests. And they give you the transcript of what he said. It's amazing, again, that all the, the, the official truth sites, there's a whole plethora of them out there now, hammering them. Uh, and and so here's the real truth, and they alter a word here, there, you know, and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, it, it comes down to, it says, well, utterly, this utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians, and it truly is, isn't it? Every, the, 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 the media is beyond a terror campaign to terrify the public on orders from organizations such as the Sage Group in Britain and Gavi and all the rest of them. So there you go. And it's got the transcript of it here, so. But yeah, you, you can get all these other professional people saying whatever they want. That makes no difference. This, this is an agenda chiseled in stone before it broke out. <laughs> and uh, here we are. So yeah, I've got the stuff with the, another article, another one to do with the China one on, on diapers and certain flights and so on. And then there are links to Canadians who refuse a vaccine and won't have the freedom to move around. And step by step they'll do that, you see. We're, we're played as children, right? they play you, yeah. Oh, don't worry, no, we won't force this. Oh, no, initially, you see. <laughs> step by step they they push forward like all bullies do. And let me see now. CNN, eh? It's from the State of the Union. Inter- with, interview with George uh, Georgia senatorial candidate to Raphael Warnock, interview with Senator Bernie Sanders, interview with Governor Mike DeWine, and with National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Dr. Anthony Fauci, aired 9-10 ET, uh, 15th November 2020. And uh, it's, it's quite something. With, with Fauci again, he's a little, little wind-up tall, he just keeps saying the same kind of stuff, you know. And um, I get to where he's talking here. Joining us now via task force, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, we just had a record high, 184,000 new cases on a Friday. Can you imagine how many tests they must do to come up with this nonsense? They stop testing. It doesn't mean they're ill, right? you know. It says, um, it says on Friday, and it's getting worse. It says, other than wearing masks, washing hands, and avoiding crowds and social distance, what more on a policy level do we do in the U.S. to it? What do we have to do? So Fauci says, well, we we have got to do is what we've got to do is, is make what you just said, uh, Jake, uniform, not spot. Everybody has got to do it. There's no excuse not to do that right now because we know that can turn things around. I mean, this is the, the tool we have, as I mentioned. That, 
uh, just recently, and as usually, we have good news with regard to vaccines, so there's light at the end of the tunnel. Help is coming, and that should, I believe, motivate people to just say, we're going to double down and do this uniformly. Those are the tools. We can get this to plateau and come down. We've got to, I mean, obviously everyone is sensitive, what we call COVID fatigue. No kidding. People are worn out about this, but we have got to hang in there a bit longer, particularly as we get into the holiday season and the colder weather, as we get into late fall and early winter months. Why particularly? Why? Colder weather. And the warmer climates, but they don't really have a winter in some of them. It hasn't changed the, the, the thing, supposedly. So, again, so many unanswered questions. And it says, we've got to hang together in this. Um, we can make it turn around. And then Tapper says, new cases are skyrocketing. That's only because you keep testing them and stop testing them and stop getting the cases. We know that hospitalizations and then deaths immediately follow. And it gives a, a big model, and what can computer model? It says, oh, it could reach four, three, 439,000 deaths by March, it says. Is that, is that the total from the, thing, the time it started or what? Or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. So, so it says another 200,000 deaths. Is it really possible in just the next four months to come? Yeah? Fauci says, yes, it's possible, Jake. And the issue is the models, as I said, often are as good as the assumptions you put into the model. That's true, and you can get whatever you want out of the models and the computers. And we have got to change those assumptions. We've got to say we're going to turn around. This is a model number if we act in a certain way. They go into January, and this is going to get more vaccine doses available. And yada, yada, yada. And uh, half the states across the country, 25 states are reported record hospitalization, blah, 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 blah. Tissue new stay-at-home orders in just specific discrete parts of the country. And Fauci says, I think that likely will happen, Jake, if we don't turn around the surge. Just stop. A surge is only through the testing. This means for God's sake. You're getting how the whole whole thing works here. But anyway, Fauci literally tells you that regardless of vaccines or whatever, it's not going to stop you from getting it necessarily. They don't know yet. It certainly won't stop you from passing it on. If you're, if you're, if you're a carrier or, or you test positive after you've got the vaccination or whatever, but it's not going to stop you passing it on. And, if you, and I've said from earlier transcripts and, and articles and, and video interviews from Fauci that it doesn't mean it's going to stop you from experiencing the, the nasty symptoms. Trying, you're getting the media saying that, but from the characters, they're not saying. They're saying it might, it might stop you from getting some of the milder symptoms. That's all they tested for, supposedly. It's not going to stop a lockdown. So this, this, this is it for this is the whole global reset, the great, you know, the great reset for the world. And not just financially, but every way, the whole austerity program, folks. You're starting to get it. And of course, Fauci promotes that everybody gets the vaccine naturally, you know. And, uh, and again, Merrill initially said, oh, maybe if it's 60%, did it, that'd be enough, or oh, 70% for, for herd immunity. Well, why not just like the folk get herd immunity? Most folk have herd immunity already, because if you were testing everybody and getting a good chunk of the population every day, they seem to be positive for, for, for the fragments of it, if this is all real, right? 
and even if it was accurate. Without treatment, they're not ill or in. And they test them later, and they don't have it anymore. Well, it's because they've got immune The immune systems create antibodies, which is supposed to be what the vaccines are. Why bother if your immune systems, or most folk, do it anyway? Why give them an experimental vaccine when their own system hardly even notices it? doesn't even take it as a threat, this, this so-called disease. Huh? And obviously, it creates antibodies immediately anyway. Now, I'm not speaking through my hat here. There's, there's, there's nurses who are t- tested and tested and who supposedly were tested positive, but no, no symptoms. But then later when they were negative, when they tested them with the bloods, uh, through the blood and so on, they found out they had antibodies, you see. So that's called, that's how you get herd immunity. So we've, we've always got herd immunity in the past. Hmm? Another one, COVID-19 warp speed vaccines likely are not safe and not needed, medical expert says. Oh, what does he know, eh? This medical expert, right? Uh, with over uh, 30 years' experience in the field of commercial biotechnology, he said the COVID-19 vaccines uh, are like not safe and not necessary. In an interview published YouTube Tuesday, Patrick Coffin Catholic commentator and podcaster spoke to Dr. Teresa Desher about the coming COVID-19 vaccine where she explains that this virus today has less than 0.03% fatality rate. And most of those people, I believe 92% or above, have other health problems. Dr. Teresa Desher made the comments of the Founder and Chief Scientist of the Sound Choice Pharmaceutical Institute, a non-profit dedicated to end human trafficking and exploitation for the purposes of biomedical research and commercial products. Desher herself has a PhD in molecular and cellular uh, physiology from Stanford University. During the hour-long interview, many of the hot-button issues around COVID-19 include the efficacy of mass speeds at which vaccination ought to be researched and produced, as well as ethical issues were raised. She began by explaining briefly how vaccinations work in theory. The concept behind a vaccine is that if you expose someone to a virus that is less dangerous than the wild-type virus, you'll get immunity not only to the less dangerous virus you expose them to, but also to the wild-type. That's, that's what it's based on. And she questioned the lack of transparency shared by COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers at the various stages of production, raising concerns over the data and the reports of negative side effects on test groups. Vaccine companies are not releasing the data to the public. She said, I think that the side effects in cherry-picked healthy individuals are very concerning. And when you get out there into the wild, where people aren't cherry-picked, the side effects will just get worse. It's very concerning. Hmm. But yeah, it's a virus, supposedly, with, with uh, officially they say 0.03% fatality rate. And most of those people, I believe it's 92% or above, have other health problems. Right? So there you go. And she says, too, she doesn't think it's very, a very healthy, um, uh, safe vaccine. She says, as much as 15% of the very healthy young volunteers, now they're, very, they're tested for health, and like the military almost, you know, um, and give health, uh, give complete physical fitness tests before they're, they're allowed in to get all this stuff. She's 15% of the very healthy young volunteers experience significant side effects. Significant, right? Disher and Coffin went on to discuss the 1986 Child Injury Act, a little known law which prevents vaccine injured or their relatives from suing vaccine companies. That's disgusting. You can't have that, folks. 
Now here's the important, important part that I've thought about too for quite, for quite some time. Dysher noted that our government sees vaccines as an issue of national security and they're concerned with biological warfare. However, problems began with the diphtheria, tetanus and pertussis vaccine produced in the US in the 1980s said the vaccine was so harmful that companies were losing so much money in lawsuits because of the side effects that were obvious and prominent, again self-evident, that they were threatening to stop. According to Disher, the government did not want vaccines to go away and they want these companies ready. If we need a, a rapid vaccine in the case of biological warfare, and that's why carte blanche immunity was granted. That's the excuse they gave for it. It's not bad articles. I'll put it up anyway for those who, who care to peruse it, right? Remember, two cutting I'm not finished yet, folks. And uh, you can buy the books and discs if you want, and you can also donate to me, which certainly helps me get through the bad times we're all going through. And you find out how to do it PayPal, uh, personal checks, fine. Sending cash is fine. You don't have to register anything even through the mail, by the way. Registering is a, is a waste of time. You, you, things get here, okay, by the mail. And um, except generally for official stuff, <laughs> like from governments and so on. But, uh, but yeah, it comes through fine through the mail. And so far I haven't lost any money or anything important or a check. You send it through the mail. And if you, if you, if you register something, you're paying extra money, paying through the nose, it actually gets here a bit later, you find, because they'll stop it and check it regardless. And the rest of the meal just goes straight through. That's always the way to do it. That would go the same with a parcel, by the way. N- never, never register something. It's pointless. Also says here, too, that, um, and by the way, anybody who sends me anything at Christmas time, don't send it with UPS or Federal Express. They don't deliver here just to this town. They really don't. They say that they will, they will you know, we, you, got, you got an address, we deliver. No, they don't. <laughs> so there you go. They always use regular post. This is how our problems began with diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccine. And, um, it was, yeah, the companies were, were losing so much money in lawsuits. So um, they brought in the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which gave an indu- introduction of legal indemnity for vaccine manufacturers and the subsequent compensation initiative failed miserably as a litigious broken system where the injured are up against a government vaccine program, government-owned vaccine patents, and government health officials who administer the program and government paid attorneys from the Department of Justice. Those are stacked against claimants for whom there is no judge-jury of your peers and no discovery. Now, Dr. Disher goes on to say this, and it's very important, eh? All the control is no longer about COVID-19 anymore, COVID suggested. And um, this interview, now it's about the oligarchic ability to inflame the masses with irrational fear. You know, a populist that's full of fear is very easy to manage. Remember all these articles I put up the links to, to show you it's not... uh, just made up uh, some bizarre. Can, mind you, all these sites, all these sites like the, the, the Christian ones, are always all labelled by the hate groups that run the system now as being conspiracy. You know, and that's life site news. You, you understand? Very few people are standing up for your rights anymore, and and we are left with the, the religious groups who are being hammered the most 
They're, again, they're easy targets by the police and authorities. They keep picking them in all countries now, eh? Who else is standing up for your rights? Scientists aren't going to do it. Most of them, no. You're in their system now, you see. There's nothing else to compete with them and argue with them on your behalf. So I'll put so the articles up from, uh, from LifeSite 2. And this article here, did 2018 have a higher ICU surge? An intensive care unit surge from, from flu, right? As COVID-19 shutdowns continue, are, are reinstituted in states claiming that it's necessary because hospital ICU units are filling up? The founder of Kardash, Yinon Weiss, asked on Twitter, why are shutdowns occurring for COVID when they aren't done for flu? For example, according to National Health Foundation 2018 data for Los Angeles County, flu ICU occupancy baseline rates went up to 98%. Yet no shutdowns were ordered. Meanwhile, rates for COVID-19 2020 are at 85% and everyone is being ordered to stay home. How does it make any sense? We tweeted, this is the year of total madness. And I'll put that up as well. And this other article here says, um, Dr. Fauci, this is health and wellness. Dr. Fauci says his mass social distancing will still be needed after COVID-19 vaccine, and here's why. And so he warns it's not going to be a light switch back to normalcy, even when COVID-19 vaccine becomes available to public. In fact, Fauci recommends people still wear masks and practice social distancing even after getting the vaccine. He told CNN's Jake Tapper on State of the Union on Sunday. Monday and Monday, Moderna announced the preliminary data showed the COVID-19 vaccine developed in collaboration with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, that's Fauci's group. It's more than 94% effective. The news follows. They're all so compromised, these people. In fact, you shouldn't even have a position on telling us what to do. The news follows a similar announcement from Pfizer and BioNTech on November 9th, which showed that COVID-19 vaccine was above 90% effective. Now, they all produce antibodies, but try the challenge test, see what happens. That's what I'm saying, you know. Obviously, with a 90% effective vaccine, you could feel much more confident about not getting the virus, Fauci told Tapper. But I'd recommend to people to not abandon all public health measures just because you have been vaccinated. Oh, I thought it was going to help us get back to normal. You might get out for a meal once in a while. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, maybe we will. Maybe, maybe. Another few months, another few years. Those fundamental fundamentals include universal wearing a mask, maintaining distances, avoiding large crowds, doing more outdoor activities. Well, what about the riots and stuff that's going on? Oh, I forgot the virus that doesn't go for them. It's, it's a, the virus is a social justice warrior. This is because even though for general population it might uh, be 90 to 95 percent effective, said Fauci, it might be, I love the might, it's very, it's very precise, this science stuff, eh? you don't necessarily know f- for you how effective it is. Right? So it might be effective, you see? But then you don't know that for you how effective it is. Even at those success rates, about 5 to 10 percent of people immunized may still get the virus. No kidding, eh? About may get maybe a lot more too. Who knows? In addition, the protective effect of a vaccine may take at least a month. Huh? 
to work, you see. If not, it's slightly longer, says Dr. David Hole, a virologist working on developing uh, monoclonal antibody therapies for COVID-19 in Columbia University. So far, Pfizer said early results showed its two-dose vaccine showed 90% effectiveness seven days after the second dose. Early data on Moderna's two-dose vaccine showed 94.5% efficacy two weeks after the second dose. Therefore, for the foreseeable future, we need to continue our mitigation measures, including wearing masks. He says, noting that precautionary measures will likely last for much of 2021. Oh, it's going to be all of it, as you well know. Eh? And Dr. Bruce Hirsch, infectious disease specialist, Northwell Health, adds that many people have strong feelings about vaccines and may not take them, which will impact the general population from being immune. So see, these are bad people, enemies of the people, the enemies of the state. Enemies, you see, that won't take it because it's going to put everybody else at risk. Oh my God, they're enemies, you see. This is this is the inf- inference that's going on here without seeing enemy. So Bits is maybe the strong feelings about vaccines. I may not take them, which will impact general population from being immune. Thus, it has to get everybody else to turn on them, you see, and prolong the threat of the pandemic. It's worth noting that as the trials of both vaccines progress, efficacy numbers could change. It's also not yet clear how long any immunity would last. Uh, I'd love to know what they're really going to give uh, Fauci and the rest of these guys. Eh? And it won't be what you're going to get. <laughs> I guarantee. They're too important to suddenly have a, an anaphylactic shock, you know, and a reaction to it. FDA says death, heart attack, stroke, blood disorders, all possible side effects of COVID and vaccine. There you go. This is a slight sort of presentation compiled by the Food and Drug Administration in October. It contains an extensive list of possible side effects. So I'd like to hear them say it's conspiracy theory. Yeah. But anyway, Lyset News uh, shows a document drawn up by the Food and Drug Administration listing the possible side effects. And I'll put that one up as well for those that want to, to look at it. We also have the uh, working list here of possible side effects. Yeah. The negative ones. And they've listed 22 separate entries of possible adverse event outcomes. First of all, it's Gronbar syndrome. It's right, it's a rare disorder in which your body's immune system attacks your nerves. The syndrome is no known cure and its mortality rate is 4 to 7%. Never mind dis- disabling you before you die, right? In contrast, Johns Hopkins University estimates that. The current percentage of deaths reportedly due to COVID-19 cases in the U.S. is only 1.9%. Acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. Some are saying kephali, but you can see it both ways, actually. Encephalomyelitis, a rare inflammatory condition that affects the brain and spinal cord. Is second in the FDA's list. Third is transverse myelitis, a neurological disorder which inflames the spinal cord, causing pain, muscle weakness, paralysis, sensory problems, or bladder and bowel dysfunction. But don't worry, because eventually they'll have a brain diapers on the plane, so if you travel abroad, you'll feel at home, it will be the same. Also listed as a possible outcome of a potential vaccine is anaphylaxis, the severe allergic reaction which can lead to anaphylactic shock. A stroke and convulsions, seizures are further possible side effects, along with acute myocardial infarction. You know, that's your heart there. And generally it blows a hole, depending on the size and so on. Or heart attacks, inflammation of the muscles around the heart, and even death, it says. There you go. And uh, nothing to worry about, mild. 
The UK government's warning for the Pfizer vaccine said it should not be used by pregnant or breastfeeding mothers and children. The, doc- the document adds that it's uh, yet unknown what effect the vaccine will have on fertility. It also says women of childbearing age should be advised to avoid pregnancy for at least two months after the second dose. And uh, it goes on and on. This is children might also be affected by the COVID vaccine through developing multi-system inflammatory syndrome, which the CDC notes is connected to COVID-19. However, the Mayo Clinic gives more detail explaining that whilst most children with COVID-19 have only a mild illness, those who develop MISC are much more seriously affected organs and tissues such as the heart, lungs, blood vessels, kidneys, digestive system, brain, skin or eyes can become severely inflamed. The full list of possible side effects COVID-19 vaccine according to the FDA are Guillain-Barre syndrome and the ones I've mentioned already and transverse myelitis and so on. And also autoimmune disease as well. When your body starts to attack, your immune system starts to attack different parts of your body, you know, which is very common these days you know, from, well, let's guess. Pregnancy and birth outcomes. Other acute demyelinating diseases, it says. Non-anaphylactic allergic reactions, thrombocytopenia, uh, disseminated uh, intravascular coagulation, venous thromboembolism, you don't want these things, believe me, arthritis, usually, and, and <laughs> this is all the symptoms that you actually get from the disease. Astonishing, isn't it? These are also, could be the side effects. And arthralgia, joint pain, Kawasaki disease, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, and vaccine-enhanced disease. Later in the FDA document, it's noted that side effects from vaccines from COVID-19 have yet to be fully understood for no kidding. There may be limited information available in licensure on level and duration of effectiveness. Trials for Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine have in fact produced severe side effects with volunteers reporting headaches, fevers, migraines, symptoms akin to a hangover. And doctors have been warning the CDC of the dangers of the vaccines with Dr. Sandra Freehofer of the American Medical Association urging that people be warned of the possible results. So I'll put these links up for that too. And this other cyber plans for monitoring COVID vaccine safety and effectiveness. There's another one here. Steve Anderson, PhD, MPP, Director, Office of Biostatistics and Epidemiology, CBER, at the VRBPAC meeting, <laughs> October 22nd, 2020. And it was the FDA vaccine surveillance pre-licensure pharmacovigilance planning, they call it pharmacovigilance. Safety through the life cycle approach for vaccines pre and post license. So it's quite interesting. We did we go through it too? Because it's an experimental vaccine. Everybody who gets it is part of the experiment. And they're gonna keep tabs on you and what you what batch you got and so on, what, what, and they'll follow you up, maybe even for years, eh? And you'll get vaccine adverse event reporting systems, the various management shared by the C D C and FDA. So it's, uh, they have all this in it too. And the passive surveillance of vaccines and vaccine adverse event reporting systems and how the CDC and everybody else is going to share that information on your health, etc. Very interesting. And the CDC presentation covers the VAERS. That's for the, for the, the, the nasty responses. So it provides summary of FDA efforts. 
and the FDA will utilize statistical data mining methods to detect disproportional reporting of specific vaccine adverse event combinations to identify. Uh, is, there, is there a more, what does it say, AES that are more frequently reported, so nasty symptoms and so on? Um, FDA Vaccine Legislative Authoritative Active Surveillance Legislation Mandates and Current Surveillance. They actually started the act in 2007. That's when they started all these tests and the, the precursors to the event 201s and stuff. And this, this took years to develop this whole program. And it says, it's something that people should work their way through. We can't do it all for them, obviously, but COVID-19 vaccine monitoring data considerations, rapid data access, large databases, tens of millions of patients for evaluating vaccines or serious, for, for the serious adverse reactions and so on. So it's quite, it's a long enough uh, PDF, it's one of the, yeah, 27 pages, isn't it? And all the universities and, and uh, medical universities involved in it too, colleges and so on. For those who again want to plow their way through it, uh, human rights group uh, Liberty fears COVID immunity cards will pave the way for national ID system and a two-tier country where only some have full freedom amid concerns of a black market and fake documents. Well, of course, that all have to come on the pike. If they're, because they are going to push all this the whole way. They, everything you're hearing about, I gave the talks many years ago from the WHO and the United Nations and all the, all the countries involved and pre-planning all these things beforehand. They talked about all these things years ago of how they they wanted to promote uh, passports and, and vaccine passports and vaccine records. Uh, they would be electronic, by the way. Years and years ago. There's nothing that happens that comes out of the blue. Pfizer COVID vaccine trial shows alarming evidence of pathogenic priming in older adults. And... Um, that's December 11th. Uh, says, uh, they found uh, uh, a serious problem. Teams of U.S. and foreign scientists vaccinated animals with, with the four most promising vaccines. The first experiment seemed successful as all the animals developed robust antibody response. They all, all do that. I keep saying that's what they always tell you. Oh, it's, a, it's great efficacy. However, with the, when the scientists exposed the vaccinated animals to the wild virus, the results were horrifying and animals suffered hyperimmune responses, including inflammation throughout their bodies, especially in their lungs. And similar to the one I read earlier on the same kind of topic. And um, as research I've seen the same enhanced immune response during the human testing of the failed RSV vaccine tests in the 1950s. The vaccines not only failed to prevent infection, 80% of the children infected required hospitalization, and two children challenged with RSV died. This article goes on to talk about serious side effects and the testing of this particular, these vaccines eh, for COVID-19. It says a tenfold increase of serious adverse events on second dose in older adults on second dose compared to 3.6-fold for those under 55. So over 55, your second dose, you got a tenfold increase of serious adverse events recorded in the tests and so on. And it says that... Um, among the 18 to 55 year old participants, there were 370, 370 solicited, solicited serious adverse effects. And a serious, uh, uh, 
associated serious adverse effects, SSAEs, in the vaccinated group, and 73 in the unvaccinated. Of the vaccinated, 18% experienced SSAEs. In the placebo group, only 3% did, implying that SAEEs could be expected at a rate of five times greater in the vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated. And uh, so they give you some of the fatigue, headaches, chills, vomiting, diarrhea, muscle, joint pain, where these conditions represent an instance of pathogenic priming, identifying individuals who are now at higher risk of serious morbidity and mortality as they become infected with SARS-CoV-2 is unknown, but given past studies, seems likely. In the, in the over-55 group, which was a smaller group, there were 60 suicide events in the vaccinated group and 24 in the unvaccinated. Of the vaccinated, 6.5% experienced SEEs compared to 1.4 in the unvaccinated, implying 4.46 increased risk overall of SAEs due to vaccination. However, in the older group, the vaccinated group was 10 times more likely to have suicide effects events upon uh, receipt of the second vaccine dose than the first dose compared to the one point ratio in the button vaccinated and so on and so on and so on. So yeah, it's uh, it's not pleasant at all, obviously, from what we're telling, what we're finding out here. And believe you me, this will be watered down uh, to dilute it from because it, so do you all get it. <laughs> um, and Dr. Tom Jefferson, as people test positive weeks after they stop being infectious, why I fear this mania for mass COVID testing is a hugely expensive blunder. As the, the Mail on Sunday, the Daily Mail on Sunday. So Jefferson said he was received a stream of unsettling letters from emails from members of the public who are testing positive for COVID-19 despite having recovered from their symptoms. And for the past few weeks, he received a stream of them. And uh, they all come from strangers, people I've never met. They said to get in touch of what I can only describe as desperation, having read about the research I'm conducting with my colleague, Professor Carl Hennigan. They're at the Wits End because they're testing positive for COVID-19 despite having recovered from their symptoms. Some never had symptoms in the first place, but are still being told that they have the virus long after any possible infection. They're anxious and confused and their lives are on hold. Well, that's the PCR test, you see. There's, there's such bogus tests to start with. That's, really, that's the reason for it. It gives you examples of, of the problems it's causing for people who just don't know what to do, you know, just to stay home forever, you know. And how can we know who's still infection if, if this test say people have COVID-19 when they do, when they do not? In the PCR test, he talks about the, the so-called gold standard one and so on, how they're uh, really, they're, they're a bit bogus for it. They can't diagnose with them. They're not meant for it. Said the, said the, the man who invented it. <laughs> but I'll put all this, these articles up, as I say, right? For those who really, really care. And I guess I'm a bit almost at the end of... Um, not that I, I could keep prattling on, but I've run out of time, I think. Because uh, I'm about five hours up so far already. And that's a long talk, so... Oh, yeah. The, 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 the last couple of articles. The FDNY New York, Fire Department New York, won't require medics and firefighters to get new COVID-19 vaccine. Eh? And uh, I found that articles have come out from the FDA, for instance, and for Fauci's group too, 
because they're terrified. You see that so much, so many folk are going to come down sick very quickly through the hospitals and through through fire departments and so on, and even police. That they're advising them to scatter the vaccinations for their staff. See, see that they're expecting some awful fallout here, and it wouldn't look good, would it? When, when the people that would definitely get their names in the papers, the departments and health and medics and so on, firefighters, if they started getting some large quantities of sick people from the vaccines. Eh? So they've been told to scatter them. But for the rest of the population, it won't matter if you start coming down at once. <laughs> well, you're not working now anyway, are you? So I'll put this article up too. I know the hospital staff, too, in different countries are refusing it, about half of them probably, probably more, as time goes on. And again, the FDA admits two people died in the Pfizer trials and the vaccines and nanoparticles on debunking another mask study, it says here. I'll put that one up as well. So that's about as far as I can go tonight. But remember, folks, cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, throw a few bucks my way. Awfully important that we can, be, we, I can keep ticking along here and getting the news out to you as we go through all the, this, the chaos you have now. And I'm not saying it to get you all worried but it's only part of the war and they, they, they will get more vicious before they'll back off uh, that's what tyranny always does and uh, so expect bad times for a while anyway but again stay in touch with the, the few friends that you have and uh, make sure that you'll help each other out and let everybody all know that you'll, you'll help each other out in hard times which definitely are coming you know there's no doubt about it. This is this is long-term planning, long before you heard the COVID nineteen to bring in a whole the whole new plan that they've been prattling on about for years that nobody listened to. So you, you couldn't believe. So, oh, come on, for goodness' sake, who are these characters for climate change and and sustainability and overpopulation and population departments of the UN and stuff like? Well, you know, they're just little like little clubs and hobby hobbyists. I guess that's what they are. Right? No, no, no. They, they, they work for those who own the planet, those who claim that they own the planet, believe you me. And there are folk who claim that they own it. And uh, they own organizations like the WEF too, with the little spaceman frontman there that you see with the silly outfit on at times. The futurist, oh, I'm from, oh, I'm so advanced now. It's like something from an old 50s sci-fi movie, looking at that character. With that stupid jacket he wears with a big, almost like, uh, almost like a Roman army type um, breastplate type jacket type on with the, with the extended shoulders and so So ridiculous, folks. You talk about crazy people, tyrants, nutcases, psychopaths. You know, they're out there all over the place. Problem is there's clubs of them now. They've got the richest folk on the planet behind them. And that's the danger. And then you've got to um, really be aware, but at least be aware of what's going on. Don't get bogged down uh, arguing with people online. Uh, don't even respond to nasty emails. Huh? And and don't fall into the traps that, that are laid out for you. But when your governments are paying these cyber warriors to attack you with your tax money, your own governments, and you're voting, ah. Oh, Goodness me, I do uh, uh, uh. You talk about tyranny. We've seen it all before in other countries. Of course we have. We know what tyranny is, except when you get it in your own country. Uh, uh. So, 
stand by your friends and each other is very important because I see you will all need each other as we go through this uh, this um, what do you call it? What is it? It's, it's, not, it's, it's like that uh, horror thing you went through. It's the, those carnivals, eh? this the tunnel of horror or something, or a, little, a tiny little train set that you jumped in on, and, and the, the nasty things would jump out in front of you. And just like that, too, eventually you come out the other side and there's a light again, and you're kind of happy. So let's let's all work towards that. From myself and Watchman to your Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.